commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. And for any true paranormal radio aficionado, there is no place you'd rather be right now than for uh, the Thanksgiving tradition like no other. Talking about, of course, Rucks giving here via Ben All of America with our dear friend, Bruce Rucks. Bruce, welcome back to the show. This is our ninth year doing the big Rucks giving special, my friend. Always nice to be here. Of course, Bruce is the author of Architects of the Underworld and Hollywood vs. the Aliens, two absolute classic books that we harass him about at the end of the show every year to find out when people can get their hands on them again. Uh, We'll bring that up at the end, of course. Uh, And he's been on the show, like I said, for the last nine years doing this special Thanksgiving uh, edition of Been All of America it was sort of a weird tradition that kind of came about uh, unexpectedly, and it's become so insanely popular. I was complaining to Bruce about about it before the show started. Um, even though I announced that we were doing the show like a month ago, and also posted all over the place about it a month ago, I'm still I was still getting a text today from some idiot asking Ruxgiving. I was like, yes, yes, Ruxgiving, dude, Ruxgiving, like. I think more likely you would hear if there wasn't a Rucks giving at this point. So you should just assume it's going to happen. Uh, I actually talked to Bruce like a month ago, so we, I had to like caution him because I was afraid we were talking about <laughs> talking about too much. So and now I'm talking too much. So Bruce, uh, you know what's been going on since the last time we talked to you? We catch up with you every year. So uh, what's new in Rucks world? Well, actually, I've been loving my job. They pay me ridiculously well to do very little. It's very low stress, and uh, I just love being there. I have a very short work week, but I managed to get a full, you know, full schedule in on it. And um, the work is super easy, and I love it. And as it is, right now, I've got like three days off. So we just got hit by a big snow. Nice. It was supposed to be a lot, it was supposed to be a lot more apocalyptic than it was, and we were all prepared. We got about half what they said we were going to get, though there might be more around the corner. It's hard to say. Uh, what we have is clearable, but uh, it's going to slow things down for a day or two. So fortunately, I was prepared in advance. I stocked up, and I'm just kind of uh, hunkered down for the duration and having some fun. Got a fresh pot of coffee. I've already started on the beer, so I'll be a little bit more fun, hopefully, as we go along. I'm halfway through a Claymore already and oddly not buzzed. But then I've had a lot of coffee, and I do have a fresh pot on. I'll probably get through. I'm gonna get through two tonight. That's my vow. 
All right. Has anything paranormal caught your eye in the last, uh, you know, year or so? Let me check. You sent me some emails with some stories that uh, stood out to you. I'm trying to find that first one. Well, you sent me one the other day about uh, oxygen on Mars. What was what, yep. we, what was that piqued your interest enough to send me an email with it? So what's that all about? Well, how many decades has NASA been researching Mars and had scientific equipment there and all that? Now there's something saying, oh, uh, look, there's, a, there's some oxygen on Mars. Uh, oh, oh, you just noticed this, did you? What, 40, 50 years down the line, say, oh, uh, there's actually oxygen there. Uh, it used to be you guys put red filters on the lenses to make it look like the sky was red on Mars. When anyone who picked up a science textbook would know that yellow sunlight hitting a colorless oxygen or a colorless atmosphere or colorless gas will make it blue. And you were telling us it was all carbon dioxide before which is kind of odd because there's kind of an interplay with carbon dioxide and oxygen. Now they're admitting there's oxygen there. Now they admitted there was methane there some time back, yeah. and they're scratching their heads and saying, hmm, that's odd. That's usually due to biological processes. Why is there methane on Mars? There's not much, but there's methane there, much more than we would expect. And now they're you know, kind of reluctantly coming out and saying, well, there's a, there's a little oxygen on Mars too. Okay, look. <laughs> You're going to deal with it here. Yeah, there's, Mars is not quite the way that you've been telling us it is for a very long time. And I appreciate why you've been keeping things secret. I wanted to find the article for you. Uh, the head of NASA put something out about, I don't know, three months ago, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and the entire article was about what it would be like to announce to Earth that there was life on Mars. Right. And the head of NASA was saying, uh, it would be kind of catastrophic for a lot of social reasons, but the way he was saying everything, it was like he already knew. <laughs> it was like, we already know, but we can't tell everybody. Right, right. But is this this life is going to be like shitty little worms and shit, right? They're not going to like. There's not going to be like animals or even like intelligent things there. You think, or do you think there might be? Uh, I'm, I think there are people there just like us. That's really? Where we came from. Oh yeah, that's the whole thesis of my book. Not only is their life on Mars, it's human, and that's where we came from. We're their descendants. Right, right. I, I know the basics of it. It's been a long time. <laughs> right. It's been a long time, so, uh, but I, I needed that refresher. So you think they're still hanging around there even now? Interesting. So, that was, so those oh, are the sure. aliens, essentially? Yeah, I think they're still there. They never left. They just went back to their world. We fought a civil war with them a long time ago, and uh, it was kind of like the war for independence. Yeah, and they shook the dust of this planet from their heels and said, "Fine, you know, keep it all. We reserve the right to take whatever resources we need. We agree to pretty much stay out of your way. Uh, we expect you to stay out of ours, but you know, we'll be in touch." And yeah, yeah I think that's who they are. And they've been around for a long time, and we see them in the skies every now and then. And when NASA tells you or the government tells you that there are no UFOs, technically they're telling you the truth. They know what they are. Say <laughs> they're identified. We're just not going to tell you what they are. So you think they're underground then on Mars? Or do you think they have bases that we just haven't – I mean, because they, they've kind of mapped Mars pretty well, right? Right. Uh, my guess is they've been living underground for a very, very long time. There was some kind of planetary catastrophe that hit both them and us in antiquity, and um, they've been living underground since, or at least that's my thesis. Yeah. Interesting. All right. All right. But you don't think they're going to fucking announce that, right? If they announce life on Mars. They, well, I, I think they would announce, like, <laughs> like I said, they'd announce like little bugs and – you know, microbes and shit. They wouldn't be like, oh, there's people under there, too. Well, that's just it. They tease a little bit of information out here and then, and the oxygen is just the latest part of that. Yeah. Uh, they start with, well, there's a little bit of methane there. And then a few months later you hear, well, there's a whole lot more methane there than we would think there would be. 
And then a, a few months later, you get, you know, there are processes that aren't biological that create methane. And then they admit later, but not the extent that we're seeing here. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of have to pay attention to the articles that they come out and read between the lines. And I just laugh a lot. Yeah. yeah. They tease this stuff. They've been doing this for decades. I mean, what are they actually going to come out and do it? I don't know. Uh, probably when everybody lands from up above. Because then they're all going to raise the microphones and say, yeah, we knew. We all knew. Right, right, right. Yeah. That would seem to be the case. I don't think that they'll announce anything in our lifetime. I hate to break it to you. Maybe you've come. No, I don't think they will either. That's, <laughs> that's not news to me. Right. Um, maybe, I mean, I don't know. If, maybe if, the, like, the planet falls apart completely and they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. We're going, <laughs> we're going to Mars or something like that. But, you know, that whole thing, too, is kind of like – I was saying this to somebody the other day. You can kind of probably empathize with this. Where I was saying this today, actually, where it's like the – when I first got into this, there was this UFO disclosure activist. I won't say who it was, uh, who was like all fired up about the optimism of it all. This was like in 2003, so like 15 years ago. And uh, he's – I was like 25 or something at the time, and he's like, oh, you're going to be flying to the stars, and you're going to be – you know, you're going to be traveling in space and shit. And it was like, here I am, 15 years later, I'm going to be 41 in January. I ain't never fucking seeing space, dude. There's just no, <laughs> just no fucking way I'm ever going to go into space. So I've reached that. They wouldn't even – they just – even if they, like, brought all these rockets out tomorrow, they'd, like, take one look at me and be like, nah, you're you're not even – we can't just shoot you up into fucking space, dude. You're not – you're no shape – you're in no shape for space. So I. Oh, we, we shoot old men into space all the time. Uh, the thing is, space is an incredibly hostile environment to any biological organism. Now, there was an article recently about blood clots developing in astronauts' uh, yeah, veins I saw that. and arteries. Yeah, they, they have problems. They're all, there's also uh, macular degeneration, some bone degeneration. Uh, space is not a friendly environment for biological creatures. Uh, and it, spending any kind of extended time out there is not healthy. Um, so what we see in Star Trek, I'm not even sure that, that Star Trek is possible, that we could ever reach that point. Uh, we'd have to find ways that we could live in space, you know, without falling apart. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting in a sense, too, because I suppose you need oxygen for life or whatever. But, I mean, sometimes it's like, well, who knows, right? But, um the idea that life can spring up anywhere, in a sense, is kind of, like, wrong in a way, because otherwise we would see, like, weird space creatures, like, flying around like fish in the water or something. You know what I'm saying? So clearly, yeah. like, like, like it, it's not conducive to, to, like, living organisms just to spring up and, and be, like, flying around and shit and somehow breathing in space. You know what I'm saying? So apparently, you know, we found the limit of life. Right. Well, I'm one of those people that thinks that there's a limited template to life and that human life is probably the ultimate life that we're going to find anywhere in the universe. Now, there could be some differences in it, but uh, by and large, I think we're going to find, you know, bipedal, uh, binary vision, eyes in the front, a uh, couple arms, couple legs, digits. It's going to look pretty much the same anywhere you go. There are only so many templates that life can take. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but they all kind of can be, but they're like action figures in a way. We can kind of somewhat still tweak them. So there's like, could be like reptilians and, 
you know, they're just bipedal. It's possible. What do you I think of the idea? Have you ever heard of the idea that, like, the dinosaurs, like the reptilians came from the dinosaurs and that they, uh, you know, like the dinosaurs somehow, alongside the ones we know about, like, evolved some kind of, like, bipedal, you know, smart, human-like versions of themselves and they got the hell out of here or went underground That or could potentially happen, I suppose. I consider it unlikely. I think the reptilian stuff is all a bunch of nonsense, really, until I see some kind of evidence to, to indicate to me that there might be something to it. Yeah. But uh, somewhere else in the universe, possibly, might happen. Right. Makes sense. Well, you know, because they say the birds came from the dinosaurs, so it's like, how do we know? You know, now we hear about these stories of the reptilians. Makes you think, like, oh, maybe maybe they sprung out of the dinosaurs, too. We just don't know it, you know? Well, the real question about a, a non-human life form is what interest would it have in this planet? Uh, what would they be looking for, a warmer rock to sun on? I mean, our environment wouldn't necessarily be friendly to them. Why would they even be here if they were out there? Why would they come here, you mean? Yeah. What would uh, be the point? Resources and shit, I suppose, right? Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. What resources would we have that they would want? Water. Or could you just make water, you think? Well, we do have a shit ton of water. There's no question of that. Yeah. My guess is that, that that's one of the resources that Mars takes. <laughs> that's just a guess. Uh, they do have water on Mars. We have um, oh, yeah, the, ice, the ice caps are water. I mean, they're H2O water. Right. And they're fresh water. So it, the caps form and uh, melt seasonally, which is really bizarre. Now, that might happen if it was carbon dioxide ice, which is what you would expect. But it's not carbon dioxide ice. It's water ice. So where the hell is that water going, and why does it come back? Right, right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a puzzling question, that's for sure. Uh, speaking of questions, I feel beholden to get – we'll kind of pepper them out through the – through the show, because we got more than I expected. So if I if I sit back here and don't do anything, then, then it'll be like 90 minutes and we'll have been talking, and then uh, I'll be like, oh shit, we forgot for all these questions. Um, yeah, all right. I got you. So we'll 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 mix them in as asides here. Alex Pannon asks, uh, is there anything from Architects of the Underworld that you have changed your perspective on that has strengthened or weakened your previous point of view? Well, yes and no. That's a good question. Uh, I'm kind of like Einstein trying to disprove relativity, which he did once and then reproved it. He was working on disproving it again when he died. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to test any thesis, falsification is what it comes down to. You have to say, well, what can I do to shoot holes in my own theory here? And, you know, be honest about it. Uh, there was a time uh, I make a big point of going into Egyptian mythology and history and Celtic mythology and history especially – I go into a lot of mythologies, but those two I go into in extreme detail in <laughs> architects. And at the time, I was of the conclusion that the Egyptians and Celts were pretty much the same people. Uh, I altered that view slightly after reading a, a lot of articles um, about the Egyptians and the Celts. There are quite a few linguists who say, well, look, it's an Afro-Asiatic language. They were an Afro-Asiatic race. And I say, okay, and I weigh all of their evidence, and about the time where they're going to sway me over to their side, I'm looking at a whole lot of other stuff that they're not paying attention to, where I say, look, I can show you a ton of Indo-European language uh, and symbols and social structure uh, 
mythology, the whole nine yards, it's entirely Indo-European. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the Afro-Asiatic stuff that you're pointing out, Apne, uh, the people that you have silenced but are talking about it and are your peers, have noticed some Indo-European characteristics in them too. So that's one of those things where I'm, I was kind of on the fence a little bit, but I have to fall down on the Indo-European side for the Egyptians. Uh, they may have had some Afro-Asiatic elements creep into their language, and I don't doubt that in the slightest because they were occupied several times in the course of their extremely lengthy history. Uh, there were the Hittites and uh, the – I'm trying to think of their names now. This is where the beer starts kicking in. There you go. Uh, the Hyksos. The Hyksos may have been the Hittites. Now, the Hyksos took over a couple of times in Egyptian history for lengthy periods, the intermediate periods. That's where you find the bearded sphinxes, especially around Luxor. Uh, they were raised from somewhere in the Levant, and we don't know that much about them. But they took over for a couple times in Egyptian history and were very unpopular. They were eventually evicted. Uh, and, but they were outsiders. They were aliens who took over, basically. Interesting. Alien, uh, so alien, Amer- not, uh, yeah, alien, 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 alien on this planet. Yeah, yeah alien humans. Yeah, <laughs> another tribe. Yeah, uh, they were another. They were another tribe of Indo-Europeans. There's no question of that. But there were some differences with the Egyptians, and it's not hard to see where different elements of language would have crept into their uh, their history and their speech. So there was that, and a lot of the Celtic stuff. Uh, I'm not sure that they were they weren't exactly the Egyptians, but they were a branch. Uh, they're in another Indo-European branch, and they plainly came from the same traditions. At some point, they separated. So I'm not at this point saying that they were the same people, but they definitely came from the same branch that separated at some point. All right. So in answer to the question, yes, I do consider alternate points of view, and uh, I play devil's advocate all the time. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, so far, no, it has not changed my uh, my belief in my own basic thesis. Okay. Uh, now I don't know if you've you're not all, you're not as uh... Luckily for you, you're not as online as I am, so you probably don't know about this meme, this did Epstein kill himself meme, or the whole Epstein didn't kill himself meme. But anyway, James Leroy Wilson, he wants to know what your thoughts are on uh, Jeffrey Epstein's death and uh, how it all went down and sort of like, oh, there's all these conspiracy theories surrounding it. What, what's your what's your take on that? Oh, no, they're right. He was suicided. They took him out. He knew where all the bodies were buried, and it doesn't matter even who took him out because they were all in agreement. Right. Kind of like taking out JFK. It's like, this guy's got to go. <laughs> you know, we've all got a problem with it. He's got to go. And uh, whoever did it, everyone's just kind of turning a blind eye to it. But, yeah, it doesn't matter which politician arranged it. They arranged it. He did, he knew too much. He had to go. Are you surprised, in a sense, at how, like I said, you're not as online as me, but I figure you can kind of figure this out. But it's like nobody, this is unlike a lot of other sort of events I've seen in the past because the country's already super conspiratorial now as it is uh, so like nobody no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on it seems nobody fucking believes that this guy just killed himself like it's one no. of the weirdest sort of things I've seen in a long time like it's like almost this universal basic accepted fact that like this guy was murdered and no one <laughs> like no one no one apparently is going to get in any trouble for it, except for the guards for, like, fucking up the record book or whatever. And they're like, well, let's see. You know. Who didn't have connections to this guy? Answer, nobody. 
Right. Uh, and who wasn't hooked up with, you know, whatever sex ring shit he had going on and pedophile shit he had going on. Yeah, I would say that guy was going to be dropped pretty damn quick if he got caught. Yeah. You, I wonder, like, you do wonder, I guess, in a sense, where it's like, I wonder if there was, like, some kind of spy versus spy shit going on there where it was like, because he was allowed to get away with this shit for for years and years and years, so it's like, all of a sudden he was arrested. Was this like was this some kind of like backdoor power play from someone aimed at someone else? Then then it like backfired or something. Who knows? You know what I mean? But it's all very. Well, the real point is he's got dirt on everybody. Right, right. You know, both sides of the aisle. Name it. Whatever country, he's got it. Exactly. <laughs> this guy is. Things are going to come toppling down around this guy if he opens his damn mouth. And even if he agrees to stay silent, how long can he stay silent? Uh, they're not going to trust that. They're just going to say, okay, look, sorry, man, you got caught. we got to distance ourselves from you and see to it that you can't talk. Bye yeah. now. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right. That pretty much covers that one. We're flying through them here. This is good. All right. Jim Vujovic wonders if Bruce has an option, I think he means opinion, about the Flat Earth Movement. It's funny. We talked about this uh, before the show started. Yes, we um, did. And have you <laughs> – Oh, uh, he wants to know what you think of the James Mason version of Journey to the Center of the Earth, uh, by extension, Hollow Earth, and extensive and extensive cave system in the mantle ideas. So essentially, he wants to know about Flat Earth and uh, Hollow Earth by extension, and that and that movie, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. I find people when they send questions in for this special. I'm not as I'm not as strict as I used to be with the Stan Friedman show. So they they send in these fucking multi-part questions where it's like you're asking like 12 questions to you're not just <laughs> just asking one question anyway so let's start with the hollow earth what do you what's your take on no i mean the flat earth what's your take on the flat earth well the flat earth uh it's kind of like this i can see the curvature of the earth without being in an airplane uh being in an airplane you can't miss the curvature of the earth uh, why would you believe it's flat if it is flat where's the edge show me the map because uh, what happens when you get to the edge? You fall off, right? Uh, so where is that? So really, it's it's just kind of prima facie to me that the Earth isn't flat. No. Yeah, it seems kind of obvious to me too. But uh, you'd be surprised when you talk to these folks. They uh, they're very passionate about their belief. So it's it's interesting. To me, it was interesting. Are we, are we a flat square? Are we a flat circle? It's a flat what circle. They this is how they. This is how they describe it to me. Like it's like a, okay. it's like a circle uh, with a dome over it, like a snow globe. It's like a snow globe. Okay. Yeah, and around the edges is Antarctica, and it's like a wall of ice. Which to me, right there, is like, how come we don't have any pictures of the wall of ice then? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, because <laughs> they say it's like a wall of ice, like Game of Thrones or something. And it's like, well then, how, where's the picture of like, you know, of this insurmountable wall? It's not just not just like a cliff you know what i'm saying it's like something apparently so big that like the u.s army can't figure out a way over it you know so that's that to me is a stumbling block that's how they explain it to me um and there's no space or anything it's just like you just have to imagine this snow globe in like a black void with no okay and why does the snow globe keep changing consistently every night Oh, I mean, don't ask. Stars yeah. stay in the same place, and why does it go away and then come back? Yeah. Where's the sun going? 
Are, are we moving around the sun? Is the sun moving around us? What's the, the story on that? Right. Well, see, the fascinating part is I, I can't answer any of those those questions, thankfully, because I haven't I, – I've stayed – I just peered down the rabbit hole. But there are some people who are so well-versed in this. This is like the amazing part. It's like they can – they can take you down the rabbit hole and fucking have an answer for all this stuff to the point where it's like exhausting, really, where it's like, Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> okay, you well, know. I, I'd love to hear it. I, I'm kind of of the impression these guys must be immune to reason, but um, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't give it a shot. They're fun to talk oh. to. They're fun to talk to because they put out shit where you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But to me, it's like it's pretty obvious it's wrong. You know, it's, it's – uh, so how far does their snow globe extend? Uh, what is the sun in it, and where does it go when it reaches the edge of the snow globe? And what's beyond the snow globe? Uh, nobody knows what's beyond the snow globe, I guess. That's, oh, my, that's okay. the impression I got. It seems like it's, it's a very it has a deep religious uh, aspect to it. A lot of it's based on the Bible. So they think that, like, God made the snow globe. Some people do. So, okay. Yeah. So, you know, once you get into that, it's like you can't really, you know, it's hard to sort of, it's hard to sort of get into like a scientific argument with someone when they're like, when they can, when they can use God to get, get out of the argument in a sense. You know what I mean? So let me see if I can jump ahead to what their argument might be. Is, is the argument that there's a conspiracy to get us to believe that the earth is round because people don't want us to believe in God? Yes. Yes. That's, that's the core for some of them, that's like the core reason. Okay. I don't find these things incompatible. I can't imagine why God would be removed from the picture of a round world any more than he would a flat world. But uh, Well, what I don't understand, this is like this is like two people without a flat earther to answer these questions. But what I don't understand, too, is like, okay, but what about all those times like when the church ruled like with an iron fist, right? Like, uh -huh. why why didn't... Like, why didn't they enforce, like, a, why didn't they blow the cover up or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like, if they, why would the church want to deny God? That makes no sense. Right. So, you know, but we don't have yeah, a flat earther here, so we. <laughs> yeah, it, it puzzles me. I can see where someone might say, okay, there are no satellites. We haven't been into space, whatever. All right, you know what? I can meet you halfway on that. Uh, I don't believe that, but I can meet you halfway on that. Now, uh, let's say that that's the case. We're still left with the problem of curvature of the earth, which is self-evident. I mean, I can get that just driving my car or taking a long walk. Right, right. Uh, how do you explain that exactly? And, I mean, I have flown on airplanes uh, to other countries. I've flown halfway around the world. Uh, I haven't flown all the way around it, admittedly. Where'd you fly but, to? Um, right. And there are lots of people who have. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, there's the curvature of the Earth, and uh, we started out at one place, made it right back up at the same place, and went all the way around. Yeah. Uh, the landscape changed the entire way because the Earth is round. I mean, that's kind of self-evident to me. Yeah, it's an interesting – that to me, people talk to me. They're like, why do you care about this? It's like, I care because, like, exactly what you said. Like, to me, it's like, how can, like – how can people have this perspective on things? To me, that's how is, it in, how is it that intelligent human beings can convince themselves of something that is so far beyond everyone's perception? Right. It's very interesting to me, you know. 
And they're all great people, so I, I have to say that. My experience with them, that was the flummoxing part in a sense, where it was like, oh, they're all they're all kind of sweet, nice people. They're not they're not dangerous or crazy to you know in the, in the classic sense, I suppose. Right. You know, they're not they're not like they're, angry they're not or a militant. To themselves or others. Right, right, exactly. They're like your mailman, your dental hygienist and shit. It's like oh, they're just like they're just like normal people here. So. I actually know a flat earther. I met a flat earther about 20 years ago when my books came out. Uh, he grew up across the street from me. They moved out of the neighborhood, but I got to meet up with him again. Uh, he was in two different branches of the military, and he is an anesthesiologist. Exactly. Which, See, yeah, it's flat. Yeah. 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 But he just believed the earth is flat. We've never been in space. The earth is flat. Uh, and I laughed a lot at it, but he was okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know the guy. He's all right. Yeah, they're generally pretty, you know, as long as you're not a dick to them. A lot of people are dicks to them, but if you're not a dick to them, uh, they appreciate the fact that you'll even listen. So, you know, good people. That's, I, a, that's a trick that I've learned in political conversations. I, I want to share this. Uh, my brother is, like, really far right. My sister is really far left, and I'm kind of in the middle. Um, my brother and sister can't carry on any kind of political conversation. I don't have a problem carrying on a political conversation with either of them. I'm just fine. Because I discovered the secret. The secret is very simple. Uh, if you are not judgmental, if you don't approach the other side judgmentally, and if you begin with admitting things about your side that you don't like, or people on your side that right. you don't like, right. you would be amazed how fast the people on the other side are going to soften up, and they will make the same admissions to you about the guys on their side. And the next thing you know, you're carrying on some nice, intelligent conversation without a lot of heated rhetoric going back and forth. So I have no problem carrying on a political conversation with even extremists on both sides. They're, they're only extreme for show. When you get them alone with their hair down and you talk to them just as, you know, normal, average human beings and fellow Americans, and you're not being judgmental, you're just talking. Exactly. They'll meet you halfway. But that's how you have to approach it. If you come at them, you know, bearing torches and pitchforks, yeah, they're going to get their ire up, and you're not going to get anything done. Exactly, exactly. That's how I connected with my friends in the Flat Earth uh, community. They're, they're good folks. Now, what about the hollow Earth? This kind of connects a little bit to the Mars thing. So what's your, what's your take on the hollow Earth theory? Well, here's where I can throw out one of my own crazy theories. Uh, I'm not sure that our theories about the formation of planets are necessarily correct. Uh, a hollow Earth, the way that uh, the hollow Earthers want to put it out, I'm not sure about that. But I've always wondered if planets... Uh, I'm going to have to go back a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Now, in theory, this is assuming the Big Bang, and we do have to assume the Big Bang. We don't know that that's a fact. But if we assume the Big Bang, it's just the best theory we have to go on, kind of like evolution then um, what happened was this massive explosion of hydrogen. And you had little hydrogen balls that became stars. Uh, they were flaming, and they were stars. They were their own fusion reactors. Those stars, in turn, threw off other smaller pieces of matter. The difference between those matter uh, energy or matter, uh, the difference between them was that the stars were in a perpetual fusion reaction the lesser star matter that got thrown off and caught in the gravitational field of the primary star matter is not in a fusion reaction. It's fissionable. So it's in fission reaction, and it is also rotating and revolving very rapidly. So what makes sense to me is that there would be star matter 
at the center of any planet. And the planets themselves are the formation of uh, the radiation of the radioactive materials breaking down in fission and gradually becoming elements, I mean, over millions and billions of years uh, to a remarkable degree. But you would still have that star matter at the center of the planet rotating. That would be what we presently call the molten iron core. But it could just be star matter. And the reason that I'm wondering this is because it doesn't seem to be that unnatural to find a hollow planetary body. Uh, the moons of Mars both appear to be hollow in the center, and our own moon appears to be hollow in the center. Now, that wouldn't always have been the case. These are dead planets or dead planetary structures. So what was in that hollow area? And my guess is that the star just burned out, or the fissionable star material burned out. So it's not there anymore. But in an active planet, it's still there. Now, that would explain a hell of a lot of things to me scientifically. However, I'm sure there are a whole lot of geologists right now and uh, astrophysicists who are saying, are you out of your fucking mind? Are you a flat earther? What the hell is going <laughs> Yeah, that's what so, I was going to say. Uh, I think that's why folks like uh, like mm -hmm. I could make a connection with these people, and I think that you could, and I think most of the people listening here could because, like, we all – when I mentioned aliens to them, they fucking laughed in my face like I was an idiot. And at that yeah. point, I kind of came to this realization where it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, you, we, we're not that different. Like, yeah. we're, we're I'm, both, the, I'm the guy who believes in Martians. Like, rejects from society. <laughs> yeah, we both have some really fucked up ideas about that are far contrary to, like, what is the accepted mainstream version of reality. Sure. So, you know. Yeah, I'm the guy who believes in Martians. If anyone's going to go out on a limb and listen to an outlandish theory, I'm the guy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, go ahead and throw it at me. Um, <laughs> Same here, brother. Guilty as charged. So, so you think? Okay, interesting. So you think that, that there's a possibility for the hollow earth theory? Uh, to an extent, I don't think it's the way that most hollow earthers would put it. But yeah, uh, my idea of the possible hollow earth is that actually it's natural for there to be star material inside any planetary body which in the instance of dead world has simply burned out. Yeah. It's no longer active anymore. Uh, and again, if there are any astrophysicists out there and geologists who uh, want to call in or say something, they wouldn't be listening anyway. Yeah, I don't. But yeah, if, yeah. if they were and they wanted to say, okay, this is why that is not the case, I would definitely listen to them because apparently everyone else seems to think that this is not how things happen. And um, I am scientifically ignorant about a few things. So I would not mind having that explained to me, or at least, you know, uh, let me understand what the anchor thought is, is here, what the consensus reality thought is. Uh, we do have to admit from the start, a lot of what we believe is just theory. Big Bang is a theory. We don't know. Uh, we really don't know what the origin of the universe is. Uh, I myself don't think the universe is constantly expanding. I think it's more or less breathing. There are limits of gravity. This is one of my problems with the Big Bang. It doesn't necessarily uh, negate the Big Bang. It still might have happened that way. But just due to gravity and electromagnetic forces, basic forces of nature, the universe couldn't be constantly expanding. It would have to reach a limit by uh, gravitational necessity when it would start to pull back or start to contract. And there would be a, a natural sort of movement of expansion and contraction back and forth. It would never be able to expand to the point that it would completely fall apart or contract to the point that it would explode or implode. Uh, so to me, I kind of believe in a breathing universe. 
is what I like to call it. Interesting. And Interesting. For, for all I know, it's always been that way. But then, you know, what created any number of various things? I don't know. <laughs> Neither does science, quite frankly. We theorize the Big Bang because it's just the best theory that we have to operate on. Right, right. So, and evolution is very much the same way. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can kind of see evolution in action through different, like, other things, right? So it's kind of like... Uh... Uh, sort of. And in a lot of things, we don't. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of evidence against evolution as we believe it. Uh, but there is some evidence to partly support it also. It, it's just a theory. It's the best theory we have to operate on given the evidence that we have. Right, right. It has holes in it. Whenever I have someone come at me and say evolution is scientifically proven and they get all nasty about it, I say, look, never once in the entire time that I was in uh, an educational institution, all the way from elementary school through grad school, did I have a single teacher ever tell me that evolution was established fact? They all said this is theory. Yeah, it's the theory of evolution. Everyone knows that. Yeah, that's right. It's not called the fact of evolution. It's not a scientific yeah, law. Yeah, it's not a law of evolution. Yeah, exactly. Who are these people? They they get their head out of their ass. Now, what about the movie, the James Mason version of Journey to the Center of the Earth? Jim Vujovic. Well, that's uh, a great movie. There you go, Jim. That's a great movie. I liked the uh, the remake that they did with who's his face, Brendan Fraser. Um, it's a fun story, and it's a lot to be done with it. Jules Verne was a very good science fiction writer. Uh, he was going on Hollow Earth theories of the time, I'm sure. But, yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, hey, James Mason, what do you want? All right, there you go, Jim. All right, Marco Withrow wishes uh, you and I the safest and happiest holiday. So that's good. We'll do our best. It's snowing where Bruce is. It snowed, but he's all right. And uh, he appreciates that we're carrying on the tradition. Of course, I appreciate it as well, uh, Bruce, that you're down for this. It's always amazing oh, I, to I me. I love that doing this. Do this. This is the yeah. one time a year anyone even knows who I am. Uh, Marco wants to know, <laughs> and I highly advise against this, Marco wants to know if you've developed any sort of web presence yet so folks can contact you about your work. I have not, and I probably should. I understand all the reasons that people don't deliberately. And um, in my case, it wasn't so much a deliberate choice. I just really didn't know how to go about it. Uh, I never got onto Facebook because of the fine print and all of their legal documents. But um, I should, let's put it this way, I'd sell a lot more books and I'd probably be in touch with people I should be in touch with. Like all of the astrophysicists and geologists who can tell me why I'm full of beans with my star matter theory. <laughs> Who wants to talk to those bookworms? Uh, well, the thing is, yeah, what I like about this, see, it, it, it's kind of <laughs> like this. Like, I, I don't mind being wrong. Uh, this is how you learn. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm going to learn something. i got to talk to people who know what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're almost like, you're lucky you didn't get on Facebook. I barely use it now anyway. It's just too much, man. It's just too much. A lot of the people I know who got on Facebook got off Facebook. In fact, most of them that I know who did got off it. Yeah, I barely use it now. It's like, especially weird. The thing is, it must be like this for everybody, I think, but I don't know how they structure their lives, but it's like, it, for me, it's like a weird combination of, like, people I fucking went to high school with, people I went to college with, and people who I am affiliated with in the strange and unusual world. So it's like... You know, one minute I'm seeing some crazy theory about the flat earth or something or aliens or, you know, uh, Tom DeLonge's UFO thing or whatever. And then next it's like some dude's baby, you know, or like some, some girl I went to college with got married. 
It's like, ah, yeah. this is just too much, too much mixing of, you know, I need structure in my life. I don't need all this mixed up together at the same time, sure. you know, bombarding me with shit. Well, and by the same token, when it comes to the, like, belief systems, uh, I don't expect anyone to just accept that there are human beings living on Mars. Right. I believe this for a number of reasons, and that's why I wrote a couple books with a hell of a lot of information in it on exactly that subject. But I don't expect anyone I come across to automatically say, oh, well, thank you for explaining all that to me. Now I believe it too. I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm just putting the information out there for those who are interested. Right. And I don't mind chatting with anyone else on any number of bizarre subjects uh, as far as I can take them. Like the flat earth thing, I'm kind of stuck right at the business of, uh, you know, curvature of the earth is self-evident. Explain this to me. Right, right. I just mean, yeah, random, random shit that pops up. Bigfoot, you know, Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot's a demon or whatever. <laughs> One minute I got Bigfoot's a demon, then like right under that, it's like, you know, uh, notice to the town that the trash is going out on Wednesday or whatever. It's like I don't fucking, you know, I genuinely thought about going in and like breaking off, like ditching all the people I, <laughs> ditching all the people I know who aren't a part of the strange world. But then it's like, ah. Uh, you know, what I guess I, you know, what would the other option be? Breaking off the other part of the <laughs> thing. Yeah, but. I, I hardly require anyone to believe what I believe. But to me, that's just the way, that, this is what America is about, folks. Believe whatever crazy thing you want to believe for whatever reason. <laughs> and, I mean, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you're not a danger to yourself or others. Uh, you're not, a, you know, trying to actively convert people. Uh, have that, man. Believe whatever you want. This is America. You can believe whatever you want and talk about it as much as you want. Exactly. <clears throat> so what else would you get on for fucking the web presence anyway? You know? Uh, that would be actually about my sole reason. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose it would sell more books if I would actually get on the stick and, you know, self-publish them again, put them back out there. What are you worried about with the legal shit with Facebook? I mean, they're spying on you, you know. They're cultivating all your fucking personal information. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> everybody uh, the, just accepts that now. The fine print thing is anything you put on Facebook is owned by Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, you put a song that you wrote out there, they own it. Yeah, but I don't know. I've never heard of, it, of like, that ever coming up where, like, they... I haven't either, and I don't think it would stand up in a court of law. Right. So but I wouldn't worry it's... about that, you know. But I see where your... I see your, your irritation in a sense. But I think, like, if that happened, people would... <coughs> it would cause a hold to do. But you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Uh, I mean, I think you still own your shit. But I mean, I wouldn't fucking, I wouldn't just put out like, I guess mute a song is okay, but I just wouldn't put out like, uh, <laughs> publish a book through Facebook or something crazy like that. Well, I mean, I if you still out. own your shit, then why are they putting something on there that says they own your shit? Who knows? I think it's like if they want to use it for a commercial or some shit. But and then I saw like that Instagram did that and they got all kinds of trouble or something like that. So, who knows? You know, that might be where the game was called, yeah. The privacy issue is very, uh, you know, that's, like, related to all that, though, where it's like, there are all kinds of instances of, like, this, they talk about people having their shit read, and, you know, like, uh, like the messages get read. I don't know how, would you, you don't strike me as someone with, like, a very, with a smartphone, but are you? Uh, define smartphone, so I'm sure I'm... Like an right iPhone. There. Yeah, I've got an iPhone. Like a recent-ish one? It's a uh, Samsung S10. All right. Well, that's not an iPhone, but all right. 
So you have a galaxy. Yeah, it's a galaxy. Okay, yeah. I just mean like uh, a lot of people say like if you – there's a lot of concerns about the app and shit. I, and more so with all these fucking apps, I think, because they like – recently like they had something where like if you turned on the app or something, like it, ac- it accidentally turned on your camera and shit. And like, oh, they had to – oh, we just found – oh, okay, we just learned that. We'll fix it. Oh, there's a hell of a lot of that shit. Look, it, it's kind of like this. We live in the age of surveillance, Okay. <laughs> if anybody in the government wants information on you, they've got it. They can listen to you through your phone. They can listen to you through your TV. They can watch you through your TV. They can do anything they want. Right. And who's going to know? <laughs> it's never going to go to court. Who's even going to know? That's what the NSA has been doing since it was first created. They've always right. been eavesdropping on every kind of communication and all that. And, and they have so much eavesdropping capability, you would not believe what they have. I remember when I read James Bamford's first book on the agency, The Puzzle Palace. I was amazed at the shit that the NSA was able to do and the stuff he was writing about like 30 years ago. This was stuff that he was able to come across in his research. And of course, the NSA doesn't like to talk about any of their crap. And that, that was the stuff that they had available at the time. And you have to know that they were able to do a hell of a lot more than that even when he was writing his book. Yeah. So, you know, 30 more years go by, what do they have? We're in the age of iPhones. We're in the age of smart TVs. Uh, They can eavesdrop on you any flipping where you are. If they want to know what you're saying and what you're doing and who you're meeting with, they know. They can catch up on it with no problem at all. If you're just an average person living with what's now average technology for everybody, it's all high-tech technology, Uh, yeah, they can eavesdrop on anything. If they want to hear anything that you're doing, if they want to see anything that you're doing, they will. You just have to get used to that. If they really want to know my favorite sexual positions, we could just get in a conversation about it. I don't know why. It's a little bit voyeuristic in my view, but for God's sake, they, if they want to know, they know. Fortunately, nobody asked that this year, but <laughs> you never know. Now that now we put it onto the ether, <laughs> right? we're going to get that from one twisted fuck next year. All right, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, it would be cool if you were on social media, but I hate social media. So to me, it's like, don't don't do it, but, you know. Uh, I think if you did, you'd you'd find it, you know, good for communicating with people, uh, you know. Uh, it would be and, good for hooking up with people I should be hooking up with. I mean, you could just have like some people just have like a just a just a page where they have, you know, they don't they don't contribute in a sense to the to the page, you know. They just use it in lieu of email, so they can connect right. with people who otherwise they wouldn't know the email for. Sure. The world's a very well, confusing I mean, place now. I don't like it because <laughs> you can't. You, you, this is going to sound really old, but you'll understand. It's like you used to be able to like take a phone book and look up somebody's fucking phone number, and you could yeah. you, that would have their address and shit. And now it's like if you want to find someone, you can't even find their phone number. You got to try and find them on social media. That's your best bet to find somebody now is through Facebook or Twitter or something like more like Facebook, really. You know. Well, that occurs to me. The, the one nice thing about social media. Uh, if there were any number of people who I might like to talk to who I grew up with and, you know, life's taken us in different places. They're on there, uh, for sure. And the only place that they would find me if they were looking for me would be there. That's the thing. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, it took me um, like two years to find you because you don't have – remember that? Yeah, somebody asked yeah. me to get you on the show and like took me a long time because like, there was no – you have no web presence. God bless you, you know. Mm. I envy you. <laughs> it's kind of nice. You were talking about this before we went on the air. He's like, 
people online, I think you're right, and it's partially because we're old, but it's like these young people, they, they're so used to this that they're kind of like dicks online. They're kind of jerks. So it's, it's like, well, you know. You know, and I want to say to them the same thing that I said about the whole political conversation thing. It's like, look, guys, we're all fellow Americans here, okay? We all live in a free world. Uh, People have differences of opinion. You you don't need to get nasty and judgmental and violent and up in everybody's face about everything. Just relax. Uh, If someone is saying something you disagree with, that's no reason for you not to be civil and responding to them. And in fact, you'll get a lot further if you are. Uh, you might make some friends where you're just coming up with a chip on your shoulder and creating enemies before you even meet these people that you're raging at. Yeah. <clears throat> Get it together, young people. All right. All right. Uh, them youngins. Yeah. Them goddamn youngins. What the hell's the matter with them anyway? Patrick Vranick. I think I got that right. Would like to know your perspective on parallel universes. Do you believe that there are an infinite number of Bruce Ruxes living out an infinite number of Rux givings with an infinite number of banals? God willing, but what, what's, your, what's your take on that? I do not. Wow. Uh, my belief is that there are a lot of physicists who are basically really just mathematicians who are busy circle jerking under each other under the table with a lot of gobbledygook. Um, I don't have any reason to believe in other universes. That doesn't mean they don't exist. I don't know that they don't, but I've never seen anything that could convince me that they do. That's fascinating. In a sense, you're kind of right. Well, uh, you're, what you're saying is resonating with me. I don't know. Who knows if you're right or wrong? Who the fuck knows if there are multiple universes? But the I don't know. Exactly. That, that's the thing. <laughs> what you're saying is what resonates in a sense where it's like, yeah, I don't really – I couldn't even tell you – they have all this thing, all these stuff like string theory and everything. I couldn't even tell you really what that is. I think I probably knew it when I first heard it and learned it, but now it's like been so long and it's like. I can tell you. It comes down to this. There are two magic phrases, quantum physics and string theory. Whenever someone just wants to throw some fantasy element into something that amounts to hocus pocus, abracadabra, poof, they're just waving a magic wand. They say, oh, it's string theory. It's quantum physics. It is proven by... Quantum physics, there are infinite universes. No, quantum physics has proven nothing of the sort. String theory indicates nothing of the sort. You may suppose that as much as you want to. The same way that people who are talking about how many angels could dance on the head of a pin believe that you could wave the magic wand, go abracadabra, and make a rabbit appear out of nowhere. But it's the same shit. Yeah. It is very confounding, yeah. Because it's another one of these things like, oh, they won't send me into space. It's like, okay, look. They were talking about this shit like 15, 20 years ago, and, you know, here we are, and there's no indication, you know, that they're even any closer, you know, they've maybe inched, maybe inched in their minds, inched like a little closer to proving this. But oh, I don't, believe, like I don't believe we could send astronauts to Mars. I just don't think we could do it. Right, and I'm talking the, about the, the multiple, I'm talking about parallel universes and shit, though. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like... It's like both things were like it's all they talked about, you know, all the all the dreamers, you know. But I would I would like to believe that we could have a space federation just like Star Trek and all of that, and that we could travel to and from Mars with no problem, set up colonies there, blah blah blah. I'm not even sure we can go to the moon, quite frankly. I know, you're a moon hoaxer, man. You're a moon hoax. Well, uh, yeah, I am I do fall into that camp now. I do fall into that camp now. I do as long as I've known you you've been a moon hoaxer. Or was that, was that something that came along after the book, but before I met you? Uh, that was after the book. 
Oh, wow. Uh, at the time, I was convinced that, yeah, we had landed on the moon. Now I'm not so sure. Really? Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know I, why I'm saying that, because I knew this already, that you believe this, but I still, I still don't believe that you believe that, almost. I'm still confounded that, to me, it seems like, uh, again, and this is weird, it's like the flat Earth thing. Where none of them believe in the moon landing either, but it's, uh, to me, it seems like kind of, I don't know, I can't, I can't not believe it or something. We well, the funny the thing is, we can't actually prove that we've been to the moon. <laughs> I can come up with all kinds of reasons why we couldn't have, but I can't come up with a single way that we could have. And Did, the haven't they taken they like a picture us. of where they landed and shit from here or something? Yeah, but if there's a flag up there, you could take a picture of the flag that's up there. So what? A robot could have planted that. We could have sent up a robot probe that could do that. All right. I guess you're right about that. We may have gone to the moon, but if we did go to the moon, we didn't go the way that we said we did. I agree with that. I think I don't know if we talked about this last year. My friend Walter Bosley has a fantastic theory that uh, the Apollo 11 moon landing wasn't the first. It was a moon landing, but it wasn't the first one that ever happened. They they did them. He thinks or theorizes or postulates that they did them, that they landed man on the moon for, like a few times first to make sure they could get it right. Because they didn't want, like, some situation, you know, where the guy opens up the capsule and fucking bursts into flames or whatever. <laughs> one of the biggest you know problems. Yeah, one of the biggest problems. On <sighs> live TV. One, yeah, one of the biggest problems is that uh, you have the radiation issue, you know. And the lunar lander, the lunar lander had only been experimented with twice before, theoretically, we set it to land on the moon. The first one crashed into a million pieces. The second one barely landed, and that was a crash landing, too. Yeah. So you're telling me that you want to send up two astronauts to land on the moon and keep another one in orbit in something this rickety, this untested. You seriously want to send two guys that you know and are friends with and hang out with to attempt this? They used to have, I was thinking about this earlier today, there used to be an arcade game out that was a, a lunar lander simulator. Now, actually, that was NASA's lunar lander simulator. <laughs> they put it out as a game. It was practically impossible to land the goddamn thing. Yeah. You'd always bust it into a million pieces. Uh, and with the technology they had, especially the computer technology at the time, which was nothing, our smartphones have got a hundred times more computer capability than these guys had. Here's what then. I'll say to that, though. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have a friendly kind of debate here. But, I mean, yeah, but that's in a way like – you could probably point to some of these ships that sailed from, like, uh, across the Atlantic and be like, it would be hard to even believe they could make that journey because the ship was a piece of shit or something. You know what I'm saying? No, but, yeah, but I can see where those ships were actually seaworthy. They were risky, but I can see where they were seaworthy. And the, the thing is I can also see where the lander wasn't. Now, there are other issues with that, such as the astronauts in their full gear. <laughs> You can measure this at the Smithsonian. They've got the things there. Yeah. In their full gear, they won't even fit through the damn door. So how did they? <laughs> I don't know. They I'd, can't, I'd have to they look can't at fit the rover. You can't fit the rover inside the compartment that they have, even when it's folded up and all that. And you never did see them take the lander out. They went behind the lander, and the next thing you know, oh, poof, there's the lander all set up. See, it was all folded, and we undid it all behind uh, the lander so you can see it. All right. Yeah, well, on paper, maybe. The problem is that I'm looking at it right here. I've got the measurements, and it don't fit. How did you do it? I never thought about that. That's interesting. I See, I'd have to look into that. 
That's the kind of thing you could Google, though, I think, and they'd, there'd be some answer that would try and satisfy the question, but who knows? Yeah. So I think they just – I, 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 I think part of it, in a sense, too, is – I was saying this to somebody last weekend at the event. It's like I think there's a, a disconnect almost – in a way, it's kind of interesting. It's sort of like a, a sci- the religion of science or something, but it's like – for me, and I think for a lot of people, like it's such it, it it's like such an achievement that it's almost impossible to believe that we didn't do it. It would be too, it would be like there it would be like a there is no God thing, you know. It's like such it would a, rock everybody's world if it were admitted, yeah. Right, it's like the greatest oh. achievement in human history. So if it was like, oh, okay, that didn't happen, that was a big lie. It would be like people still wouldn't fuck. People wouldn't believe, wouldn't believe that. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, "No, you're you're full of shit. We we did it. We did that." You know? Hold on one second. I got to the phone down. Just a second, so I can pop the top up too. All right. <laughs> I'll talk a little bit while Bruce is doing that. Yeah, I uh, recently actually saw an interesting article that was about how NASA is concerned about kind of just what I'm saying in a sense. I am. Back where they, again, where I should be. Nice, there you go. I was just saying, I read an article uh, recently about Na- uh, the NASA historian who expressed concern about the moon hoax because he pointed out that the people who remember the moon hoax, who were around for it, are dying out slowly but surely, and the people who weren't, you know, eventually it's going to get to the point where there weren't, there aren't, unless we get back to the moon, there'll, there won't be anyone alive who was who saw it happen, you know? I don't know well, what the timetable on that is, probably like another 30 or 40 years, but... Here's the real question for you. Now, mind you, I finally got an official answer from NASA on this. I didn't ask them personally, but they put one out. But it took them a long time to put one out, and I don't buy it. Uh, how is it that if we were able to land men on the moon in 1969, <laughs> that it's going to take us 20 years to land another man on the moon? Did we forget how to make the technology? Did we just have this collective amnesia take place? We could get them up there in less than 10 years. We did it the first time. Right, exactly. That's the confusing part to me, too, where it's like, couldn't they just, like, at the very at the very least, couldn't they just build exactly what they fucking built in, there you go. in 69? If it worked, then, several times, and it should presumably. Be, it should be tremendously improved by this point. Certainly, you, you know. Yeah. For that matter, I can come up with a way that they could use the shuttle program to land men on the moon. And that's kind of my point here. It's possible that we have landed on the moon. Um, We could, in theory, if we could solve the radiation problem, we could, in theory, have been putting astronauts on the moon since 1972, since we came up with the shuttles. There's a way to do that. In fact, it would be pretty damned easy, especially since we know they have had nuclear propulsion since that time. Though they're schizophrenic about that, too. You'll still find official NASA people saying, oh, no, we don't have nuclear propulsion. And then you'll find other NASA people say, yeah, we were using nuclear propulsion in the last Apollo missions. (laughs) Okay, look, guys, uh, make up your minds here. Get your story straight. If you had nuclear propulsion, you could very easily, with no problem at all, be taking shuttles to and from the moon as long as you could refuel. Right. And that wouldn't be an issue. You could arrange for refueling. That's easy. I even came up with a way to do it, and sure enough, one of the government guys that used to come, you know, hang out around me, the only one that I actually sat and talked with, he did work for NASA, and we talked about some of the practicalities, and as a matter of fact, 
NASA had come up with the exact same way to do it that I did. I said, good, great minds think alike. So, yeah, we could use the shuttle program to do exactly that. Uh, so talk about landing men on the moon again, saying, man, you could do it right now. You could do it with the shuttles. Right. Well, they don't have the shuttles anymore, so that's – we could make That's shuttles. All. I know, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The point, I think, it's interesting. I guess there are three camps, right? There's the camp that's like, this is just how it is. This is the version of events that we've been told. That's that's the mainstream version. Then I think there are two other camps where it's like the camp that's like, we can't do any of this shit, and we're earthbound. Uh and there's the camp that's like, okay, some, this is the camp I'm in. That, not that last one. You're in that one. You're in the two camp. Uh, I'm in the three camp where it's like something fishy. There's something fishy here with this, uh, the stagnation of this whole exploration program makes me very suspicious. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that, it's, that we can't do it. I think that they're just covering up what they're doing. Why, I have well, no in idea. theory. I can give you NASA's official answer as to why it's theoretically going to take us so long to get back to the moon. What's their because they want to do it. It's because they want to do it better than we did it before. Right. They want to set it up so they can do it all the time, and it's not like a, right. like a trick in a sense. That's right. A stunt. But, but my answer to them, and I have actually talked to some of NASA about this, is, look, you can do that right now. Right. You could have been doing it since 1972. You could have had round trips going back and forth from Earth to the moon since 1972. It just not told anybody. You could do it. Right. I mean, they wasted uh, a whole generation if, on that terrible space shuttle. Yeah. Like, if I don't care what anyone the says. Space shuttle problem. sucks. If they could lick the radiation problem, they could have been doing that all this time. Yeah. NASA, get your shit together, man. That's the point of this. This, this ends the conversation. All right. Let's, let's jump to another question here. Uh, Jason Braun wants to know, completely pivoting here, he wants to know what you think of the latest DC offerings and what you think of Star Trek Discovery and also uh, your latest take on video games. So, uh, I, I have, so, yep. yeah. So just get, you know, what's your, what's your, what's your pop culture uh, take on things lately? Well, I have yet to catch up to Star Trek Discovery. I do keep in touch with people who watch it and read some of the articles. I'm sure I would enjoy it. Once I figure out how to get the various services without going into hawk to do so because I just can't pay every single individual service to watch one goddamn show. Once I figure out how to get around all that, then I'll catch up on a lot of stuff and be able to tell you about, you know, the specials. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just for the Star Trek discovery. I love it. Uh, what was the other part of that question? Oh, DC. Uh, yeah. Uh, DC. Yeah. DC. Yeah. Well, I flip and love DC. And usually their movies stink to high heaven. Not always, but usually. Um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman are pretty good, and I like Justice League. I don't know why everyone's so down on that. Um, the TV stuff that DC puts out, where it is very frequently not faithful to the comics, it's still good stuff to watch. Like Arrow, they call it the Arrowverse. It was the first show in the longest running of all of them. It's going off the air this year pretty soon, as a matter of fact. Uh, they definitely ran their course, but they also managed to keep it fresh for eight years. That's you know, something to be admired. Uh, very much not the green arrow of the comics, but if you can accept arrow on its own terms, it's a very good green arrow. And I do accept it. Uh, Flash is a lot more faithful to the comics. It's a lot of fun, too, but it, God does it use the magic wand a lot. Quantum physics, string theory, therefore we can do whatever we want. 
it does that all the time. It's constantly waving the magic wand and, you know, fantasying its way out of things, which I laugh at a lot. But it's still a good and entertaining show to watch, and it is pretty faithful to comics for the most part. Uh, Supergirl? What the fuck? That's a political correctness primer that shouts at everybody, and it's been losing audience accordingly for years. <laughs> but... <laughs> Other than that, when it started out, and, you know, it's Supergirl fighting, you know, space aliens and evil bad guys, uh, it started out pretty well. So, and animated, DC does great animated movies. I've rarely seen a DC animated movie that I wasn't that crazy about. They're just fantastic. Aren't there regular Uh, movies kind of shit, though? Yeah, the regular ones are usually not that good. I I named the three that I thought were pretty good, and and they were all towards the end. You had Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Justice League. Everyone's down on Justice League. I don't know why. Everyone overrates Wonder Woman. I do know why. It's not a bad movie, but it's nowhere near as good as everyone raves about. And um, Aquaman, it's a very good movie. A little overblown, but it's a good movie. What about Shazam? I haven't seen Shazam. People like it. And I bet I'd love it. Yeah, people like it. I bet I'd love it. I don't know shit about any of this stuff, but... So, I don't know. I don't know what... (laughs) I don't know what to say. Matter of fact, I got to put that on my rent list. I got to see Shazam. There you go. Uh, so wait a minute now. I've tried to like coach you on this shit, so I, we should have another talk about this. So you're, what, do you have cable? Yes. Okay. I, I have full well, you don't extended basic get, cable. You don't want to get mixed up, and you finally got on Netflix last year, right? Is that what we talked yes. about? Yes. Okay. I am on Netflix streaming, uh, and I watch it a lot. But you don't have time for Hulu. That's the problem. Each service has like one or two signature shows. So you fucking, if you want to, you know, now they have this Disney Plus thing. I don't even like anything from Disney, but people Uh, people are watching it. I I would find lots of stuff on Disney Plus that I'm sure I would like. There are some Disney shows I do actually like. I'm an extremely eclectic audience member. I can plug into just about anything. I can watch kids shows and be perfectly fine. I can watch opera, ballet, Shakespeare, anime. Uh, I can plug into anything. The Arrowverse. I can plug into anything on its own terms and enjoy it. I actually started uh, this. This is a story. I actually got through Riverdale. <laughs> that was an effort. Uh, it took me a long time to get through the first season of Riverdale. I used to use it as a sleeping pill because I always fell asleep during the episodes. It just couldn't hold my interest and I couldn't plug into it. But I finally forced myself through the first season after, I don't know, three or four months. And then I started being able to plug into it on its own terms and accept it for what it was. I said, okay, this has nothing to do with the comics at all. This is its own thing, just borrowing the names. Fine, and it's a ridiculous soap opera, but it's at least an entertaining ridiculous soap opera. So now I can plug into it on its own terms. Uh, But this is just an example of being able to plug into different things. You You have to be able to accept them on their own terms to make them work. Now, the real problem is, see, with Netflix, they're going to have a ton of shit. I will never run out of things to watch on Netflix. I don't even know what they have that I want to watch. But trust me, if I just surf for 10 minutes, I will find something I want to watch, and the odds are 90% or greater that I'm going to love it. I'm going to have a really good time with it. I don't know that about every other damn service. If I go to CBS Plus, is that the one that has it? Then, yeah, I'm going to get uh, Star Trek Discovery. But what else am I going to get? I don't know. Nothing. I don't know if they have anything else there that I want, and I'm paying money just to watch this one damn show. Yeah, it's like ten bucks for each one of these things. It's a nightmare, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's oh well, it's only ten dollars a month. Only ten dollars a month adds up to a hell of a lot per year, Jack. And if I'm doing it with every other damn service, I'm going to be spending a shit ton more than I do on cable as is. 
Yeah, I'm and, already. Yeah, I think I'm up to like forty bucks a month on these things. So it's already yeah. it's bad. But I'm sure there are tons of things out there that I would just love, but I can't afford to be <laughs> pumping money into every single one of these services individually. It just doesn't work that way. Well, I think there'll be a bubble burst or something at some point where they're like they'll. they'll I mean, they're, yeah, because they're like they're, it's expanding now, worse and worse. So who knows? At some Look, point, you used to be able to get much. HBO, Showtime, and Cinemax, you know, for thirty bucks a month. Yeah. And oh <laughs> yeah. Well, you used to be able to get a fucking bag. soda for like fifty cents, and now it's. <laughs> well, I, what I'm saying is the inflation on on TV is ridiculous. Yeah. Ever since it was deregulated by Clinton, boom, everything went through the ceiling. Now, admittedly, you do have a shit ton of channels to watch, and by God. If you cannot find something to watch on TV at any time of day or night that you right. enjoy, there is something wrong with you. It is not the cable. There's something <laughs> there you want to see. Trust me. There yeah. is something there you want to see. You just have to shop around. Exactly. So at least right now, I've got the basic cable package. Or I have the fully extended cable package. Excuse uh-huh. me. And I, have, um, I also have Netflix, and Netflix crams me with so much good stuff to watch. God, I love Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, it's got tons of good shit. And they told me it's on, like, the downswing. It's not doing as well as it used to. And I'm saying, oh, you couldn't prove it by me, Jack. It looks fine by Horamara Einstein. What's your Thanksgiving song? No, 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 Pass no. the cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. Oh, the turkey looks great. Lynn. Thank you for loving me. Lynn. Thank you for being there. Oh, God. Everyone's thanking. Lynn. The whole world's thanking you. Stop. Thanking Lynn. us for thanking Stop. you. <laughs> You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Pass the cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. Oh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Thank you for loving me. Everyone's thanking. The whole world's thanking you. Thanking us for thanking you. Right, right. Well, they're slowly kind of like losing their luster because these other services are cropping up with their own things. But they kind of had the, sh- the market to themselves for a long time, so it's uh, yeah, it's only going to get worse. But yeah, I mean, I'm one of those people that like I'd rather I haven't taken to this system yet personally. I mean, I have Netflix and I have Hulu and I even have Amazon Prime, but I don't even think I use my family uses Hulu and Amazon Prime, but I don't even think I use them very much and I use Netflix sparingly but to to the point that like I don't even I'd be laughed at by one of the youngs cuz like when I turn it on I'm still I still don't exactly how the fuck to <laughs> find anything you know I'm like wait a minute where how do I how do I find the you know so I remember really that because I I like the old way I guess there is a hunting gathering sort of thing with the Netflix too but like I like just the lazy Shut off your brain and fucking flip through the channels till you come across some movie from like, you know, the 2000s, like Wedding Crashers. Like I love that yeah. movie. You know, it's a good movie. So if I'm flipping through the channels at like 11 o'clock at night, rather than try and find something new and interesting on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, if I spot Wedding Crashers, even with the fucking commercials, like, like you yeah. know, to I me, I still appreciate the commercials. You know, nobody, like, people don't watch commercials anymore. It's like, some of them are good, some of them are bad, but hating commercials is, like, part of the fucking experience, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fully on the same page with you. I've got you. Yeah. 
like you see, to me it's funny because you see the same ones all the time. So like you do grow to like hate you like oh this fucking asshole again with his fucking brake pads like <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, People, and the, the question earlier you bring up DC. Uh, in partial answer to the DC question, I would mm-hmm. love to see a lot of the stuff in DC Universe. I don't even know how to get a hold of DC Universe. I don't even know how to subscribe to it. Oh, yeah, that's like uh, a whole streaming service thing, too. I heard they had like a Swamp right. Thing show. Yeah, they've got a ton of stuff that I'm sure I would just love. I don't even know how to subscribe to it, and I'm not sure I would if I could, just because I don't know if it's worth the investment. Yeah. You know? This is like turning into a bitch fest. But the other part of the problem with these services, too, is like – and I've seen this with other people I know. It hasn't affected me yet because I've seen it with other people I know. But, like, they pull the plug on these shows like super – they don't ever give them a chance to wind out, you know? So, yeah. like, they'll have two seasons, and then they'll, then they'll be like, okay, we're not bringing it back for a third season. And it's like that we're in the middle to, of the fucking story, dude, at least. <laughs> at least. That, happened to, that happened to Marvel shows on Netflix. Yeah. Um, it happened I to a lot of it. these shows. Yeah, I got into Jessica Jones. I got into some of their uh, off-brands. I saw Jessica Jones. I was crazy about it. I watched all three seasons of that, and I branched off into some of the other ones that they've got. I still have to get more into Daredevil. I'm sure I'd enjoy that. Um, And they're still there. Once uh, Disney separated and became its own thing, all of the Marvel shows that were on Netflix will remain on Netflix. But all the new Uh, ones are going to be on Disney, right? All the new ones are going to be on Disney, right. Yeah, see, it's crazy. But that's what drives me. So I've kind of learned, in a sense, again, it's like I go back to that, like I'd rather find something on uh, on the, on cable. At least, I, at least I know what I'm getting with Wedding Crashers, even with the commercials. Yeah. Like if I start watching some show on Netflix, there's a, you know, a reasonable chance that, you know, if I binge it over the course of the weekend – then all of a sudden I'll find out like on Sunday afternoon that there's no more of them and they're not going to make any more of them. And it's like, (laughs) They didn't finish their show and it's canceled. Right. Right. So I just watched half a show, (laughs) you know, and didn't get, and now I'm just pissed. So, yeah. Very, very feeling very bitchy tonight. So, (laughs) No, it's understandable. They did that with one of the movie franchises. Uh, uh, Deviant or something like that. It was the one that uh, Shailene Woodley was in. Uh, like they filmed the first half of the conclusion of the thing, but they never got to the second half for whatever reason. Oh, weird. But, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Everyone has been dragged along through the entire thing. How do they feel about this? Yeah, it's just it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating media these days. I've learned, like I said, I've learned from other people to not even get invested in some of this stuff because you don't know... Uh, if it's going to last or not. Now let's get, I know what uh, will last and that's listener questions. So let's see what else is uh, in the till here. Uh, T Erickson has a last minute question for Bruce. So this in like two hours ago, Uh, have the movies in Hollywood had the normal shift between Democrat and Republican presidents these last two years. Also, if you have time, have there been any historical discoveries that piqued your interest in the last year? Historical discoveries are piquing my interest all the time. Uh, They just found a whole bunch of lion mummies in Egypt, just for instance, uh, which I didn't get to read too much about because I had to subscribe to the damn service. I had to subscribe to the damn service to read the article. (laughs) But at least I know that they did find this cache of Egyptian lion mummies, which I find very interesting because we'd only had one prior. Mind you, the Egyptians would mummify flipping anything. 
So it's not surprising that they had them, but we found a bunch. And yeah, I'm always fascinated by anything that I find historically. I find stuff about the Vikings all the time. Uh, stuff about Oak Island, shit ton of stuff has come out about Oak Island. Yeah. Uh, they found artifacts, they found Roman artifacts, they found Viking artifacts, and they're legit. And there are all kinds of theories you can come up with on any number of those things, Templar artifacts, for that matter. Um, so yeah, I keep my, my eyes open for stuff like that. Uh, I used to find stuff like that on the rent site. Anymore, this is why I don't go to the rent site as often as I used to. It used to be the great town crier place to go. But anymore, it's practically all political. They don't have any really interesting stuff. Yeah, Yeah. and the political stuff, uh, I already know what that has to say uh, on both sides. Um, If I want to nail facts down, I can chase that, and I do. But if I'm looking for new and interesting things, I don't find it as much on rents as I used to. It's been that way for a few years, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's that's the answer to that part of the question. There was another part of that question. That, oh, oh, the Republican Democrat thing. Yeah, yeah. You point that out in the book. That's sort of like. Yes. The, I think he might he might mean he doesn't really say specifically, but I think he may mean uh, the portrayal of aliens because that's kind of what yeah. you were talking about in the book. Yeah. I'm sure that's what he's going for. Yeah. Uh, there hasn't been a substantial shift. Uh, it's all kind of gone to the evil aliens business from Clinton on. Um, the Democrats even started picking up on that with Clinton, and it, it hasn't changed a whole lot since then. Uh, you don't see too many of the more benign alien things. Admittedly, they're hard to do dramatically. Um, I'm trying to think of the names of some of the movies that came out. Uh, they'll try and go with a, a more intellectual approach or a more benign approach. Those don't sell as well. And in a sense, Prometheus was kind of starting to angle in that direction halfway. They were still going with the aliens are trying to kill us all. But Prometheus was not as successful as Ridley Scott thought it would be. So we went back to, oh, well, okay, so we got the shape-shifting and nasty aliens are just going to kill us all and decided to sell that because it's a hell of a lot easier to sell. Uh, so there haven't been a whole lot of what I would call thoughtful alien movies uh, pretty much since the Clinton administration, sadly. The closest you're going to get is like Star Trek or the Orville, maybe. Yeah. But that's about it. You like the Orville? I love the Orville. Really? The Orville, the Orville is Star Trek Next Gen for the people who hated Next Gen. And no one hated Next Gen more than I did and still do. Uh, what, what the Orville does is take Next Gen and make it human. I mean, you know, real people. So, yeah, I flip and love the Orville. And that went to Hulu. So now oh, <laughs> I've no. watched it. I have to subscribe to fucking Hulu no, if I want to no, watch that. The reruns are on Hulu, I think. The new ones are still no. on Fox. No, they're putting the new ones on Hulu. For real? They, yeah, for real. Wow. I'm Googling this while we talk about this because I don't believe it. Yeah, you. go right ahead. I read articles on this. And I'm saying, you got to be fucking kidding me. Cut this shit out. No, you're right. The Orville to move from Fox to Hulu for season three. Oh, wow. Yep. <coughs> Ridiculous. Yep. Well, at least now they can swear, right? That's, that'll be the selling point. <laughs> yeah, like they probably were on the original show. I don't remember now. And, and that crew was so real. Uh, I was saying, why did Next Gen never pick up on this? Uh, you know, we had robots performing that. They were, weren't even two-dimensional. They were one-dimensional. They were just PC spokespeople. So you don't like Captain Luke Picard? Oh, my God. We humans do do this. We humans do not do that. Do be a do be. Don't be a don't be. Wow, that was exciting, Captain Picard. Thank you for that. Wow. Uh, I love just being lectured by idiots in space. <laughs> where the Orville doesn't do that. The Orville makes it real. You know, I've got real people up there. Yeah. 
I could sit and have a beer with these people. I could watch football with them. All right. You don't think you could have a beer and watch football with Captain Picard? Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> I know. I, I set you up for that one, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Talk about a start shirt. Um, all right. Uh, I thought that said John John Stamos, but it says John John No Stains. Uh, says it wouldn't be the holidays without Rux Giving. Thanks, Tim. He's in the chat room. Thanks, John. Uh, hope the, hope the show sounds good. Um, now I remember earlier before we started the show, we were talking. It might have even been while we were on the show, but uh, I was talking to you about you know there's some people you don't want to there's some some people you don't want to encounter if you get on into the online sphere and. Uh, <laughs> That's not John. This is this guy I'm about to talk about now. I, every year I bust this guy's balls. He he has like a weird fixation with you, Bruce. I I I I I, I feel like I should put you two in touch with each other because he every year he sends too many fucking questions in, like to the point that I think he thinks it's funny, but it's like gotten past the point of funny to the point where it's like now just obnoxious. Because he sent in six, right. sixteen. He sent in. Let me see here. Fucking six. Like topics with fucking sub questions under each of them. So it's like, dude, really, you know, call into the fucking show and <laughs> interview. I'm pretty Bruce good at yourself. condensing. Throw yeah. them at me. I'm pretty good at condensing. I know. No, we're we're not going to go through all of them because that would just encourage this inappropriate behavior. But we'll 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 get to the big ones here. I'll use. I'll just go through the top parts, and I'm not going to get into his nuanced fucking 35 word uh, sub questions. Um, uh, this is the infamous Joe V for people who listen to the uh for for people who've long listened to the Rux Giving episodes, you may recall this uh creepily obsessed Bruce Rux superfan. Anyway, he wants to know first, uh he wants to talk a little bit about sightings. You remember that show from the early nineties? Yeah. yeah. He notes that Tim White, who was the host, uh had an active Air Force career. And he's he's sort of intimating that uh that the show was somehow mixed up with, uh, the, you know, that it was, I don't know, copacetic with uh, intelligence, let's say. That's kind of his, his question. He's tying the oh, Tim sure White thing. So have yeah, you ever heard of this? Or, or Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever looked into I sightings? Heard, I hadn't heard of this. I'm not remotely surprised by it. Uh, you'll find anyone in the UFO community uh, at the executive level, if you want to put it that way. Uh, let me just answer that like this. If you go to a UFO convention, Look to the left of you. Look to the right of you. If one of the people that you just looked at is not CIA, you are. There are that many of them at the conventions. And at the top levels, when you have the executives, I mean the guys that are in charge of all this, if you look at their bios, you will find that they worked for Martin Marietta, Lockheed. Some of them will admit that they worked for the CIA. Uh, they will have been in military intelligence. Uh, they're at the point where they actually openly admit it now. So there's not really any shock in discovering that Tim White was connected to that in some way. All right. Uh, you watched the show when it was on? Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you watch any paranormal shows now? Like, any, There's a ton of them on fucking cable. I don't know if you know this. Well, let me think. I mean, I've seen a lot of ancient astronauts. Some of it's pretty good. Some of it's ancient kind of aliens. Silly and ludicrous. Ancient yeah, aliens. ancient aliens. Yeah. Uh, ancient <laughs> got, aliens apparently, is... you haven't seen that much of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a couple of beers in me. I understand. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I've seen some ancient aliens, and some of it's good. Some of it's just kind of silly. They're just, you know, padding another hour. Um, what? Throw some other paranormal shows at me, and I'll tell you whether I've seen it or not. Like, what about any of these ghost shows? 
The ghost shows, I'm sure, are mostly crap. Mostly. There might be some legitimate stuff in there. I haven't actually tried any of them yet. Uh, there's one like True Hauntings or something like that. Uh, Sometimes when I'm not doing anything else, I might watch some of that. And I'll probably laugh at a lot of it. But uh, I'm ex- I, I just suspect a lot of Ed and Lorraine Warren bullshit in there. They're very but, formulaic uh, in a sense where it's like, okay, now this time we're going to this house. Here's a little vignette, you know, about the history of the house and what happened there <laughs> a long time ago. And now here's like 20 minutes of us in the dark, you know. <laughs> what was the name of that show? Ghost Hunters? Was that yeah, it? yeah, that's the big yeah. one. Yeah, Ghost Hunters. Yeah, the guys with the green night vision stuff, and they're like, you know, talking to the ghosts and calling them out and all this. Like, Did you hear that? Right, right. Well, yeah, I heard something click in the pipes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was just ludicrous shit. It was a lot of fun, but it was ludicrous shit. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty silly. Uh, but all right. So, what about? Do we ever talk? If you and I ever talked about Bigfoot, what do you think of Bigfoot? Uh, I'm big into cryptozoology, actually. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, my guess is that there are any number of different species out there that we have not encountered. Uh, this is especially true of like dinosaur species. Uh, really? You have to look at yes. Uh, there are descriptions of things that sound very much like Diplodocus and uh, a couple of other dinosaurs out of um, the South American forests. Oh, you mean like Michaela and Membe? That's yes. the name of the dinosaur. You know the the theory or yeah. whatever. Well, it would not remotely surprise me to discover that there was still some alive in that environment. Their environment hasn't changed in billions of years. Uh, they could still be there. We don't get in there very often. We don't see these things. We don't know. You have to understand the gorilla and the orangutan were only discovered in like the last 150 years. And before then, we just thought that they were myths. Uh, these stories of, you know, giant hairy men. And some of them swam. And there are actually swimming gorillas. <laughs> they exist. Uh, so they sounded ludicrous at the time. But then we find the gorilla and we find the orangutan and we say, well, I'll be damned. There they are. We just never encountered them before. Right. And some dinosaur stuck out in the middle of uh, the Brazilian rainforest? Yeah, that's entirely possible because God knows we can't get in there. Uh, people die trying. And we have living coelacanths that have been pulled up in like 1934, 1954. Uh, they've been pulled out of the Amazon. Uh, these are fish that theoretically have not been around for millions of years, but they were alive. They were able to fish them out. Uh, so, yeah. Cryptozoology is something that I do kind of pay attention to. And uh, Bigfoot? Yeah, it's entirely possible Bigfoot might exist. There could be some offshoot. Uh, I don't know whether he would be more simian or more um, along human being lines. But it's entirely possible that he exists, yes. I certainly wouldn't rule it out. All right. Uh, that 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 is the sightings part of this uh, of his manifesto. Uh, the second one... He wants to know about, and I, 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 we, you and I have talked about this off the air, uh, but I definitely want to talk about it on the air, uh, is the passing of Stan Friedman. Uh, yeah. Did you know, did you ever meet Stan? I know you didn't like know him because you weren't really in the circuit anymore uh, the last few years, but did you ever encounter him in your, when you were sort of part of the scene, if you will? Never encountered him, never spoke with him, never exchanged any information with him. Wow. Uh, I, I would have disagreed with uh, a lot of his stuff about Roswell, uh, certainly, uh, but I respected the man, no question of that. Uh, he's you know, a member of the community, and whatever I might have felt about him personally, because I didn't know him personally. Yeah. But whatever, uh, he's a respected researcher, and um, I feel bad that he is no longer with us. Uh, now, what do you think of – I've talked about this on the show a lot, 
uh, in recent years and when I go on other shows and stuff. It's been a really weird year. It, it's, it's especially weird tonight, in a sense, because this is this is Rock's giving. Um, you know, so along with the the year in review show with Greg Bishop, which is almost more utilitarian at this point because we're wrapping up the year. Um, uh, this this what we do is like this jam session, very similar to. Uh, the holiday specials we used to do with Stan, and uh, I talked about this when we came back, like in October. I'm just very weird. As we built this show on Stan and Jim Mars and you, um, you know, and Greg Bishop and a few other people who like made just like dozens of appearances on the show, um, and it is, and and just not just those guys, but like uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley passed away. Um, Art Bell passed away. Brad Steiger passed away. This is all like in the last three years. It's been this yeah, real. Brad Steiger's gone. Yeah, yeah. The world's re- world's gotten a lot smaller, man. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. Uh, Tracy Twyman passed away. She was a Tracy big time. Tracy Twyman. Yeah. Uh, so this is all like in the last like three years. It's a very, it's eerie. It's almost and eerie. Tracy was just a few months ago. What's that? Yeah, Tracy was like Tracy, at the beginning yeah. of the summer, I think. Yeah, thereabouts, yeah, like May or June. Yeah, but it's. I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I don't think there's anything sinister afoot. Most of these guys were pretty old and everything. Um, you know, Tracy wasn't, but that's a whole other story. But you know, and I think Rosemary Ellen Golly was sick, so it's like it, I, I'm not. I'm not putting forward some nefarious conspiracy, right. conspiracy theory. It's just a very strange, like, changing of the era that we're seeing unfold, like right before our eyes, in a very dramatic fashion. I think it's very interesting. Well, Brad kind of opened the doors for a hell of a lot of people, myself included. He was one of those. And he's you know, going way back. Yeah. yeah. He was back in the 60s and 70s. Um, he's a little more my generation and a little bit older than I am. So it's not surprising that he passed. It's not surprising that Stan passed. I mean, he was an old guy. Uh, he was kind of short and overweight. And eventually it was going to catch up to him. It did. It catches up to all of us. Yeah. It's uh... – They'll get us next, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but it I'm is interesting. I'm not that far off it. Uh, I'm not that far off it. Oh, don't say that, dude. If well, we... I still probably got another good 20 years of me. All right, good. So we'll get up to about 30 rucks givings, and then, then you and I'll be just sick of each. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, then we'll just be waving our canes at them damn young. And... I know everybody be fucking younger than us. Um, God damn. <laughs> uh, do you think like that? It, I don't. It's hard to ask you this because I don't think you really follow like the scene anymore. But do you think like the scene has changed? Is going to change now that all these? Because like the, these guys kind of built built the current scene. It's like now it's a whole yes, new generation do. of people that are going to like put their stamp on this. Uh yes and no. I'm sure people will emerge. Uh, obviously, there are some people who still remember me. I just don't have anything new to talk about, so I don't. I've got it all pretty well covered. Um, not that many people know who I am anymore, if they ever did. Uh, but guys like Brad, they opened the doors to a lot of stuff. And actually, Eric von Daniken did too. Daniken was off on a lot of stuff, and he fudged a lot of things. But he did open the doors to better research for a lot of people. So, yeah, I do think that there will be some up-and-comers uh, who will take off. I mean, Tom DeLong is kind of trying to do that himself, but I think DeLong is a little bit... Too too bit uh, hooked up into the uh, disinformation bunch. Yeah, he's probably being misled on. 
which it's impossible to tell because he doesn't talk about a lot of it. He just says, well, I have it on good authority that blah, blah, blah. Problem is, I know that his good authority is probably not good authority. <laughs> so, well, what do you think of all that say. stuff? I take it then you've been following all that stuff uh, with this, uh, the TTSA and the uh, the government program they announced and all that shit. So uh, what do you, you know, I think we probably talked about it in one of these specials uh, in years past, but they all blend together. So I mean, we probably touched on it last year. But what do you, what do you think's going on here with all this? Because you know UFOs are in the news big time now, and you know they even all got all the way up to the president. So you know what do you well, what do you think's going on with all this? Uh, I'm always reluctant to say that we're on the verge of disclosure because I don't believe we are. I do have to say that I find it kind of odd that we are pushing a lot of uh, the U.S. Navy stuff especially. Now, the bit that came out on the uh, program that was privately funded for the government, uh, the, you know, the tic-tac-shaped UFO and all that right, stuff. Right, right, right. That's what I was mentioning. There's been a lot about that recently. Now, that hasn't gone away. And what's happened is a lot of people have gone on record from the Navy saying, yeah, this was not an isolated incident, that it was going on a hell of a lot and still going on. And, you know, they give names, dates, and places and talk about it. Uh, so that's kind of new. Uh, you don't you, – you never used to see a lot of that. Whenever you came across that kind of admission, especially from that many people, it was always many years after the fact. And uh, here they're talking about it while it's ongoing. And, you know, they're always quick to say, well, you know, we can't say that there are aliens, but we can say there are, you know, unidentified aerial phenomena, blah, 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 whatever new term they want to give for UFOs. But, you know, on the face of it, how do you explain this? They're plainly flying machines. They're plainly beyond the capability of anyone on Earth to construct. So what answer do you want to give? <laughs> they don't. But at least they're talking about it. And uh, like I said, the head of NASA was dancing all around, coming right out and saying, guess what, there's life on Mars, but I can't tell you because it would disrupt all of society. Yeah, um, yeah I understand that. I know the arguments. Uh, I can't even fully disagree with them. Now, there are a lot of problems. This is what I frequently refer to as the dumb kids in class problem. Now, the smart kids in class you don't have to worry about. They're going to jump on board. Uh, their jaws will drop, their eyes will pop, but then they'll very quickly – uh, catch up on all the research, figure out what's going on, and be very enthusiastic about learning about it and uh, spreading the news. But you got the dumb kids in class. You know, Bigfoot yeah. is one of Satan's minions, uh, let alone aliens. And uh, how do you deal with them? Not just in this country, but in China and India and Russia and any place else. You have to worry about the dumb kids in class. How do you break the news to them without them going ape shit? Yeah. So that, that's an appreciable problem. But do I think that there's been uh, a little bit more of a push to try and get it in the public eye? Yes, I do. Uh, I don't know how much Trump has to do with that or the current administration or, the, or Congress or who have you or the people behind the scenes. Right. But I do think that there has been a little bit more of a push to make it uh, more of a talking point. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll see what comes of it. It's an it's an unfolding story as we speak. So you know. It's, yeah. Uh, John, now I'm going to leave behind the guy I uh, went to high school with, who's obsessed with you for a moment, and we'll talk about uh, this question that John in the chat room brought up. Uh, he wants to know uh, your opinion on the MJ12 documents. The MJ12 documents are certainly forgeries. They were done by people who knew what they were doing. However, they're easy to prove as forgeries. But by the easy is a relative word. You do have to kind of dig uh, to discover where the flaws are in them. 
um, wrong typewriters, that kind of thing. Uh, you, basically, they're pretty well debunked. Now, one could still make the arguments that they were being used for some kind of misinformation, but mostly they're not only disinformation, but everything that they had to say has kind of pretty well been disproven, uh, not just on the face of things, but when you look in detail, your reason will tell you otherwise. Uh, the people that they list in the documents as being in on the UFO group are not as likely as the people who were actually in on the UFO group. Uh, Vannevar Bush being one, I think Vannevar Bush was mentioned. Um, who was the guy, the big computer expert? Maybe it is Bush. Jacques, what? what? Oh. I, 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 yeah, I, I didn't know. have this many beers. But, um, in any event, there was a guy in Canada, Wilbert Smith. Yeah. Uh, he was a member of uh, the Canadian government and a very high-ranking member. Yes, yes. Who did not specifically address the MJ-12. did do was very frankly address the question of a secret UFO group. And the names on his list were substantially different from those on the MJ-12 list and made a great deal more sense than the ones that were on the MJ-12 list. Interesting. I didn't even know there was a list from up there, so I'll have to look into that. Oh, yeah. And he mentioned quite a few names. He mentioned at least like three or four that made tremendous sense. One of them was uh, the world's leading computer expert, which made tremendous sense to me. Right. Interesting. Uh, what you don't find are biologists. If we had picked up alien bodies, there would be biologists there. In fact, you would find nothing but biologists. Uh, the rest of it would have been farmed out where it was to the Air Force for um, reverse engineering capabilities. And we do see where that took place. There's a great documentary chain on that. Uh, but if there were alien bodies, I mean genuine alien bodies, you would find practically nothing but biologists working on that, where you don't find that. You find computer scientists. That's because what they were recovering were artificial intelligence robots. And that's where we got, you know, our PCs today. We've been reverse engineering that shit for decades. Uh, but the MJ-12 documents themselves, yeah, those are forgeries. Where do you think they came, good came from, uh, John wants to know? Do you think they came from Bill Moore or some other source? I thought, I, 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 just, yeah. Just straight up. Yeah, how they got floated into the system, uh, you probably don't have any idea, really, because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the whole. People, they got floated into the system by Shandera means of. or something like that, or yes. someone, yeah. Uh, Shandera, yeah. Shandera and Bob Moore, uh, he was Bill Moore, Bob Moore. Bill Moore. Conduit. Oh, Bill Moore, excuse me. Bill Moore was the conduit. Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, and, no one knows exactly how they. You know, they just they showed, sure up showed up in the up. dude's fucking mailbox or something. They showed up in Jamie Shandera's doorstep, yeah. And that's where all that took off. Exactly. So just the fact that that happened is like alone, like, should be <laughs> give one pause. All right, now we're going to jump back to the psychotic superfan, and he wants to know uh, about Bhutan. And I cannot give any context to this question because his question is, what the hell gives with Bhutan? So, Bruce, what the hell gives with Bhutan? First off, what is Bhutan? I'm assuming this is someplace in, like, Korea or China? Yeah, see, <laughs> I wrote to him. I'm like, some of these questions, I don't understand, you know. It's like, well, you know, they legalized marijuana up here in Massachusetts, so God only knows, you know. What, 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 it's what, legalized here. <laughs> exactly. Who knows what influenced this man's questions. Uh, it says, Bhutan, a Buddhist kingdom on the Himalayas' eastern edge, is known for its oh. monasteries, fortresses, and dramatic landscapes. That's from Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know, I know why he's asking you what – I mean, you know. Well, Bhutan is, is considered by some to be sort of a UFO cult. Um, 
I'm not going to say nay to that. When you get into Indian mythology, I mean East Indian, uh, and Buddhism and some of that, Buddhism has got some UFO elements in it, and all of Hinduism does. It's loaded with it. Uh, all of the original Sanskrit texts, and we have those full and extant, where we don't have religious texts like that anywhere else in the entire world. Uh, you can spend your entire lifetime. You have to have Sanskrit scholars to go through that shit, and yeah. just tons of it. Uh, that is practically UFO manuals. <laughs> you know? Right. And they talk about aliens like Star Trek. Uh, they're just a practical reality. They're a, a daily thing. They are part of the actual landscape. Um, so if you want to get into UFO cult business, all of Hinduism is a fucking UFO cult, whether it knows it or not, just on the face of it. The Vamanaka and all that stuff? Yes. The Vamanaka Shastra is literally a textbook for how to make uh, advanced flying machines. Yeah. Uh, they talk about health. Uh, they talk about um, stealth helicopters and stealth fighters, and all the stuff that we've been developing for a long time now. I'm sure that's where we get a lot of the ideas for them. You have to remember Robert Oppenheimer was a Sanskrit scholar. That's where he started out. Ah. He's the guy that you know created the A bomb for us for crying out loud. Interesting. Um, I think you know a lot. Of, there's a lot of people. You know, you know, there's a lot of disagreements around Thanksgiving. Um, but I think that me and Bruce and everybody listening can agree that that was a really terrible question because I don't know what what the hell gives with Bhutan even means. So we'll we'll move well, on. I, I think I got the nature of the question and, and probably addressed <laughs> it. Stop being so nice, Bruce. Stop being so nice. You're you're only encouraging this kind of behavior. Um, now he wants to know about the unseen and invisible. Ooh. Okay, so he wants to know: Do you believe in a spiritual reality in the classic sense? Uh, or do you believe in it more in an other-dimensional sense? We've addressed this. Bruce doesn't really believe in uh, other dimensions. So I guess what's your what, – I guess what really – the real question is, simply put, what's, what's your take on the spiritual on reality? You know, the ghosts afterlife, are an actual phenomenon. Ghosts are an actual phenomenon. I believe I've, I've experienced living ghost phenomenon myself. Um, I have differing views on ghosts. Mostly I think there's some kind of etheric tape recording. Um, for the most part, but there might be different kinds of ghosts. Could they be... Uh, oh, yeah, there's definitely actual... different kinds. Right. Uh, could some of them actually be personifications of people who have passed on? Could it actually be their spirit remaining on Earth? I honestly do not know. There is that possibility. I'm not going to rule it out. Yeah. Yeah, I've likened, in a sense, UFOs and definitely ghosts, too, uh, when you think about it. But, like, this stuff is like clouds. There's different kinds of clouds. There's like probably different species, if you will, of ghosts. You know, right. some of them are like, I mean, they have classified them, so it's not like I'm some, it's not like I'm coming up with something new here. But it's like you know, you get like the repeating ghost that kind of just hangs, you know, every every night you see it walk by the doorstep or whatever, you know. Yeah. Or then you have the and ones that are tape like recording. Right. Exactly. Stone tape. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you know you get the ones that are more uh, active and shit. So clearly. Uh, well, I know I know people kind. that have seen I know people that have seen May Bonfies. May Bonfies haunts. She was the uh, founder of the Loretto Heights Theater, where I went to school, and the Bonfies Theater, named after her, in uh, Denver. I know people that have seen May Bonfies, and I fully believe that they have seen her. Uh, one of them quit the theater department over it. And she was just terrified. Uh, and every time someone has seen May Bonfies, it's she's of the etheric tape recording variety. 
Right. They see her. She never interacts with anyone. She never says anything. They just see her walk by. And they'll go out to say hello or something to her, and she's gone. You know, she was there one second and gone the next. But they were fully convinced that there was an actual person there. Yeah. You know, and you can't shake them from that thought. And I know more than one person that has seen May Bonfies, and I fully believe that they have. Uh, but like I said, I think she fits into the ether tape recording kind of phenomenon. I don't think she's really there. Now, did I hear uh, you right that you said you had a, some ghost experiences of your own? Living ghost phenomenon. What's living? What, what do you mean living ghost phenomenon? Like That's a where you see the ghost of somebody who's alive. They're not dead. Tell me about this. Okay, here's the fun <sighs> one for you. I have a doppelganger. Uh, there's another me. No one has seen him for about 30 years. I have seen him myself. Uh, I know at least a half a dozen people that have seen the other me. And it's always the same story. What am I? And Charlie Hudson came walking into the green room where I had been sitting for the last half hour working a crossword puzzle. Wait a minute. So you you you, came... you, you blocked up for me on me for a minute. So where okay. where, where were you? Where where were you when this happened? I was in the green room. We were doing Funny Girl. It was 1988. Uh, Charlie Hudson, who was in the show, came walking in from the green room uh, into the dress as in the dressing room. He came walking in from the green room to the dressing room. What the hell is funny, he, girl? He, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt musical. you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, th- I don't know. I didn't know if you were on TV. I was. Well, this was like some revelation no, no. here. So wait a minute. You were in a fucking. No, you were a, in a fucking movie. Wait, what? So all no, right. No, no, so, no. It was a country dinner playhouse. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. I just need to establish the. So no, I can get my cool. mind in this. He comes walking in from the green room into the dressing room. I've been in the dressing room for a half hour working a crossword puzzle with you know ten other people around me. He comes walking in. He immediately stops. Gets the most startled look on his face, looks back out into the green room, comes back in and says, how did you get in here so fast? And I said, I've been here for a half hour, Charlie. <laughs> Everybody agrees. We all got to laugh. He said, no, I just passed you. You were right out there in the green room. I just walked right past you. You were wearing exactly what you've got on now. You were pacing back and forth as you usually do. You were smoking a cigarette. I said, hello. You ignored me completely. I thought, why is he being an asshole? And you're here. The guy practically had a damn heart attack. Weird. And I said, look, I said, Charlie, look, sit down, relax. You saw it. I don't have any doubt that you saw it. You are not the first person that has told me this. And I had everyone's attention at this point. I said, look, you're like the fourth or fifth person that I have had tell me that they have seen me where I plainly wasn't. I have seen it myself. I saw me at the gas station one day. I went in to get gas at Vickers right across the street from where I live. Right next to me, the next pump over. There's my car. There's me standing right next to it, wearing exactly what I've gone on at the, what I have on at the time. Uh, the car has got the same garter belt hanging from the rearview mirror that mine does. He's got the same Kansas City baseball cap, missing the KC on it, but with a little blue blob on the front. He's got the same tear and cutoffs that I've got. What the fuck? Uh, so this is a, yeah, this isn't more exactly. than a doppelganger, dude. This is like a, a car doppel. This is like a fucking time slip or something. Me and my car. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Did you now, say anything? I, no. I just watched me, and I was drinking in every single detail, and I saw me get into my car. I heard me get into my car. I watched me drive off in my car down the opposite direction from where I was actually going to go. And uh, then I went in, and I paid for my gas, and I put the car in, and I put the gas in the car. And I was waiting to see if anyone said, what are you doing back here? But they didn't. So that told me that whoever the other me was had not gone in to pay for gas. He was just at the gas station at the next pump and drove off. 
but he hadn't gone in there to pay, or they would have said something. Right. But I definitely saw it. There's no question of that. And it didn't surprise me that much because I had four or five other people over the years tell me the exact same thing, just like Charlie Hudson. So, yeah, he's always wearing exactly what I'm wearing on that day, and he's driving whatever car I am driving at that time. What's your explanation for this? I have no flipping clue. I mean, plainly, it's not a slip in the etheric time stream or something. It's not recording. So I don't know what that is. That's called living ghost phenomenon, however. I have looked it up because, plainly, I've experienced it. I know people who have, and I've experienced it myself. Uh, So I've looked into it. Uh, It's not unique. It's just not reported on very often. Uh, It has happened in history. There was a teacher around the turn of the century. Uh, Her students all saw her. They were all in the classroom, and she was behind the desk. And interact with anybody. You can see them and you can hear them. I mean, you can hear their clothes rustle. You can hear them moving pencils around, anything like that. Uh, But there she was behind the desk, and then some other students saw her approaching from outside. (laughs) Wait a minute. And then they looked back, and the one behind the desk was gone. She just wasn't there. It's like she was there one second and gone the next. So I know this kind of thing happens. Uh, It's just not reported very often. It doesn't get written of in the literature. It's called living ghost phenomenon, whatever it may be. And I have personally experienced it, so I know it does exist. That's wild. I'm going to have to look into that. I've never heard of this living ghost phenomenon. Um, And you won't find much on it, but look it up. You will find some some stuff. Well, it's funny. I recently came across a similar theory. I was looking through some old RPL shows, and um, there was a lady, and I'm going to try and get her on Banal of America. I don't know if we'll be able to do it this holiday season, but uh, I, I'm dying to talk to her. I shouldn't even say much more because there's so many rinky-dink podcasts out there that will <laughs> hear me talking about this and then try and do a show on, on this topic. But uh, she was talking about spontaneous human combustion. In- no. no, 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 no. It's better. Spontaneous. I gotta start over now, Bruce. (laughs) Sorry about that. That's fine. Spontaneous human combustion is real, by the way, and I can't explain that one either. I love spontaneous human combustion. There needs. You and me both. It breaks my heart that, you know, that sounds savage, but it breaks my heart that it barely ever happens. Like I wish. I I think the think the last time it happened was like two years ago. It's like we need, we need another one, man. Those are great, crazy stories. Um, It's at least peaceful. They die in their sleep. Exactly. Okay, so now, spontaneous human involuntary invisibility. Beats me. Have you heard of this? Never heard of it. Yeah, apparently it happened. Wait, hold on. You know, I can make an entire audience disappear. Watch, I can just close my eyes. Boop, they're gone. (laughs) Boop, they're back. Great magic trick. Let's try it at parties. Yeah, I'd never heard of it, but it's like people who report that, you know, I need to dig more into it, but it's a thing. It's a thing, like uh, like like living ghosts. So, some weird stuff out there, folks. It's new to me. If I hear anything about it, I'll let you know next year. Yeah, it was new to me too. I haven't done any research into it, but it's a bee in my bonnet. Uh, John has another question from the chat room. He says, uh, "This month, the head of the new U.S. Space Command said space will be a warfighting domain, just like land, sea, and air, and that no more satellites will go into space without defensive capabilities." Do you think these statements align with recent pop culture shows that paint aliens as a planetary threat? And that, my friends, is how you write a question. Yes. 
Uh, the, the short answer to that question is yes. I do believe it's a thrust to push that kind of thing out there and has been uh, since before Clinton's administration, but through it and even through Obama's. Uh, that's where the Democrats kind of crossed the aisle over to the Republicans as far as presenting aliens. Yeah. And I believe that in general, the view is uh, the aliens are out to get us all. But that's good for the Defense Department because it keeps their appropriations up. Uh, that has been the primary thrust, and certainly Mike Pence is behind that. Uh, Mike Pence definitely wants to weaponize space and the moon as much as he possibly can. He's on record as saying so. So, do you think? Do you think they're gonna? Do you think that'll actually happen? That they're gonna develop a space force, though? It's it's, it's not unlike this whole fucking we're gonna go back to the moon thing, where it's like I don't think it's, it's gonna be like another fifteen years before we see like. Uh, well, uh, I was going to say a space, a space tank, here. but, you know, like some kind of, like, combat space vehicle. But who knows? Who knows? There has been a U.S. Space Force since 1981. Uh, I know because there are actual official government documents that refer to a U.S. Space Force. But, you know, they're spotty. They don't go into any kind of detail on it. They don't say what it is. It, at that time, it was probably just some kind of subdivision in the Air Force, is my guess. Uh, as far as like space marines or something like that, I think we're a far cry from getting there. But um, I'm sure it's in the works. Now, there's no question we want to weaponize space. Even JFK's High Frontier was essentially a weaponized space thing. Now, mind you, he wanted to do a cooperative thing with other nations and all that, but he also did want to get us to the moon before everybody else. Yeah. And uh, High Frontier was literally the idea of putting weapons on the moon. So it's not like this is a new idea. Pence is definitely behind it. I mean, he, he's way gung-ho for it. Why do you think he is gung-ho about it? Like he's a religious thing? So. What's that? <laughs> for all I know, he believes that aliens are demons from hell. I mean, I really don't know. I know there are a lot of uh, evangelical Christians out there who think that. All right. Uh, yeah, there is that whole thing uh... – there's that whole faction of people that are like, well, it'd be better if we let the world blow up, then Jesus will have to come back soon to save mm-hmm. us. So let's just blow it up. So to me, that's like one of the creepier. That's where the religious neocons meet with the Jews. Yeah. They say, well, you believe it's the first coming. We believe it's the second coming, but we have to destroy the world in order to bring him back. Right, right. Yeah. The end of the world is like a good thing for some of these people. It's kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah, that, that kind of boggles my mind, too, but they are out there, and a lot of them are in positions of power. All right, now we're in the last part, his traditional conversation about beer. So he wants to know, uh, do you find your taste in beer becoming more specific through the years? I don't even know what that means. Well, yes and no. Like I said, uh, I've got my two favorite beers with me. I started with the Claymore before you even called, which is one really heavy beer. It is aptly named. It'll hit you upside the head like a war hammer. And I'm drinking a 1554 right now. Uh, the Claymore is made by Great Divide, the 1554 by New Belgium. They also make Abbey, which I like a lot. It's almost as good as the 1554. Um, yeah, I have very specific tastes in beer. Uh, those are my two favorites right there. I like dark lagers. Uh, the Claymore is a Scotch ale. And what a Scotch ale is is an ale that has been aged in a Scotch cask which gives it a little bit of a peaty aftertaste and a little bit of a sweet flavor. And it's kind of heavy and really tasty. Yeah. So I definitely like those. I like stouts. Um, and there are various ales that I like too. Matter of fact, uh, Sam Adams makes a 
cherry wheat ale that I really like a lot. I haven't gotten quite a while. I should pick some one of those up. Uh, the problem with some of those, that's like a little bit lighter ale. Uh, some of the lighter ales are a bit too hoppy for me, yeah. and they give me a little bit of indigestion. You know, I get some acid reflux. Uh, that's my only problem with this. Why well, can't drink Indian pale ales? Those you don't like IPAs? I drink a lot oh of IPAs. God. Yeah, they oh kill me, God. though. They, yeah, they kill me bad. Yeah. <laughs> I do nothing but <clears throat> built up stomach acid the whole time I'm drinking it. Yeah, they can be pretty brutal. The next day is worse. You're just fucking in a lot of pain. Yeah. I can't do IPAs. My system just won't handle that much hops. Yeah, I used to be I used to be like that, but I, I they still kill me. But I sort of developed the ability to uh, endure. <laughs> like I, a, like I'm a, a barley and malt guy. You want to know my specific taste? I'm a barley and malt guy. Yeah. Uh, usually, the more malt it has, it has to have some hops, but uh, I generally prefer the beers that have more malt in them. Yeah. Um, then he has a list. Of, have you tried American Trappist beer? He says it's made by monks at St. Joseph's Abbey in Spencer, Mass. I'm from Mass, and I've I never even not. heard of I it. I would try it if I found one. Yeah, he says they have national distribution, but I, uh, I mean, look at I'm from Massachusetts, and I've, I, I, I'd have to see it, but it doesn't ring a bell to me. So, I'd try it. I'll try anything, really. So yeah, so I, you know, if it's interesting. I like ones that have a certain interesting twist to the flavor, though. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. Uh, well, there, like the Claymore and the 1554, those have the most unique tastes of any beers that I've ever had. That's why I like them so much. Who makes the Claymore? Uh, the Claymore is a great divide. All right. And it's really, really good. It's a Scotch ale. It's the strongest beer that you can get. Now, great divide makes the strongest beer that you can get in America. It sounds like familiar. What's the What's the alcohol content on that? It's about 11 or 12%. Jesus. It's very heavy. Jesus. Like I said, I think I'll whop you upside the head. Around this it's time of year, I buy uh, Trogue's Hap, uh, is it Happy Elf? Yeah, Happy Elf. It's like a cherry honey, uh, and I think that's about 11%. It's a, it's a, it's a real, uh, you know, it shows a blitzed out elf on the, you know, it's, a, <laughs> it's great, though. I highly recommend it. I'll get a picture of it and post it on my Twitter. Uh, you Trogues. mentioned this last year. Yeah, what's the name of it? Happy, uh, Happy Elf. Yeah, I'm going to have to try it. I haven't found it. I went looking for it. I haven't found it. Yeah. Let me look. Let me Google it. Make sure I got the name right. But yeah, it's happy. Pretty sure it's Happy Elf by Trogues. It's uh, and they only make it for obviously they only make it for Christmas. So it's like right. As soon as I see it, I'm like, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It's Mad Elf. Mad Elf. Mad Elf. Yeah. That's a yeah. great name for a beer. Mad yeah. Elf. And the picture is like like this little uh, this little blown out fucking. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's 11% alcohol. It's got it's a malt, chocolate, Munich Pilsner, hops. I don't know. I can read these to you, but it would make a difference. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Holler Tau Saz, and a yeast is a spicy Belgium. So. God, that sounds good. And it's ruby red color. Yeah, it's really good. Oh yeah, I'd like that. I can tell this by listening to it. If you go to a, if you have like a, I don't, I don't know. What does it say? It's brewed. Let me see. Uh, and. Yeah, I don't know where it's uh, where it comes from. So, but it's uh, yeah. They say actually, I'm on their webpage. So, I just want to know where you're made, folks. Makes my head explode just listening to it. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like a cool. Let's see, I'm sorry, I'm distracted looking, looking where this thing. They don't list where the hell the fucking place is. I'd have to like, I'd have to do a deeper dive and start really looking uh, around here. 
Yeah, of course. Let me see. They're counting us down. Ah, Hershey, Pennsylvania. So it's Pennsylvania. Hershey, so maybe Pennsylvania. they'll have it. Maybe they'll have it where you are. Yeah, but they we can go past the. <sighs> John says alcohol consumption is associated with spontaneous human combustion. So take it easy, fellows. <laughs> I'm uh, trying. So is being way overweight, and I'm definitely not that. I am, so I'm trying to induce a spontaneous human combustion. So I'm tr- <laughs> trying to make make my last moment on Earth a contribution to the paranormal sciences. No, she'll Who are you going to talk to? Oh, I know. That's true. Do. My only hope is that it'll be like Spinal Tap, dude. It'll happen, it'll happen like in the middle of Ruck's giving. It'll yeah, just there go, you go poof, and then you'll be like, oh, that's really weird. I got disconnected from Tim. I called him back, got an answer, and then like you Google me like right after that, and it's like, Tim, it all died in a weird fire accident. Fucking <laughs> 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 on Tuesday night. Fucking right in the, you know, he was recording a podcast. This is crazy. So, yeah, well, she's going to count us down, but uh, let me see. John wants to wish us uh, a happy Thanksgiving, and he really appreciates the recent Banal of America shows. Uh, yeah, we got we got a whole bunch of them coming, John, so uh, we'll be rocking and rolling through the next uh, six weeks or so. Thank you to all the folks who listened live uh, and now we've lost them anyway. And thanks to John in the uh, chat room. And so, yeah, the super fan, he lists a few other beers here. Uh, Unibrow. I don't know. It's based out of Quebec, he says. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> These are really – I don't know if he's gone if he's gone into a French phase or what. Because then he says La Fin du Monde, Don de Dieu, uh, Troy Pistoles, and Ale Gatau. So – there you go. Well, they all sound fun. They got great names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to think he just had me recite some kind of weird alchemical uh, chant. <laughs> to... <laughs> He's trying to get you to burst into flames. Yeah, bind us into doing this show forever. There um, you go. So what do you what do you got on tap? This isn't like a – this certainly isn't like a – I guess this is kind of like how it always felt with Stan, too. But it's like, for me, like this whole – the holiday really doesn't start till I till we do this show. So now yeah. it's like when I hang up the phone, I pretty much can coast, uh, pun not intended but acknowledged, into into uh, the holiday tomorrow. And and you know, but I'll be I'll be pretty much in holiday mode like as soon you know one o'clock two in the afternoon. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I love Thanksgiving. So what do you have on tap? What do you what do you got planned? Actually, I'm probably just going to stay and play a lot of Injustice 2, uh, watch some movies. I usually watch comedies over the holidays, or at least over Thanksgiving. For some reason, I'm just in the mood for comedies over Thanksgiving. So I look up things that I haven't seen or things that sound good. Comedies, you said. Shot. Yeah. And I drink some beer, and uh, I eat uh, turkey TV dinners and pot pies. And that's kind of my Thanksgiving anymore. That's good though. It's chill. Yeah, um, chill. yeah. interesting. So what? You kind of like me. That's what I do. I try to watch the big, whatever the best comedy uh, that people like the most over the summer. I'll buy it. Yeah. On, on demand. Check out. If both. I was just surfing and I saw Wedding Crashers, I would say, Yeah, that's a good movie. I watch that. Exactly. I try yeah. to catch ones I haven't seen, but I love Wedding Crashers. It's a good. It's a good flick. Somewhere along the way, I went crazy too, and like I, I became. Like a huge fan of the parade. I think we've talked about that. <laughs> yes, the Macy's about Day Parade. Yeah, I really enjoy the parade. I don't like the dog show so much, but the 
for I don't know something, and I don't even like I don't necessarily even watch the parade, but to me there's something really like awesome about you just have it on, you know, like while you're while you're just loafing on the couch on your iPad or whatever, you know, it's sure. like the it's like the background noise of of Thanksgiving in a sense. Well, there's a great nostalgia value to it because I mean when I was a kid that was every Thanksgiving. Right. You'd get up early and say, there's the parade. I'd watch Underdog go floating by and Bullwinkle and everybody else. And just love it. I mean, it's just pointless, stupid, mindless entertainment. But God yeah, it's, it's really great. I enjoy it a lot, yeah. And I always, you know, and then there'll be one that comes down, like, you, have, you don't know a few of them, and then I'll be like, oh, it's fucking Garfield. Yeah, man, yeah. Garfield. <laughs> you know, and that'll get you to look up from your iPad. Yeah, there you go. And then they're like, oh, this Garfield balloon was built in 1973, and it's fucking this big, and, you know, it's just cool. It's, a, it's, it's a fun. weird little event. Uh, it's just fun. Exactly. I recommend more people watch the uh, Macy's Day Parade. And then, yeah, check out, if you're looking for a movie for Thanksgiving, try uh, Booksmart. I watched that on the plane to, to Dallas. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Really good comedy, a very smart comedy. Uh I saw Bad Teacher on the play. That was a lot of fun. Bad Teacher. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's kind of old. Yep, anymore. Uh, that tells you when. That was on the trip to Egypt. Oh, that's when you flew halfway around the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what... Yeah, Booksmart is really good. And uh, there's a movie, uh, Good Boys. I've been meaning to watch that. It's like... It was sort of the raunchy uh, summer comedy of the year. So there's not that many good comedies nowadays. It seems they don't seem to make as many of them that really stick like they used to. God, that's sad. Usually anymore, I just look for casts that I like. I caught uh, Meet the Millers. That's uh, a great movie. That, yeah. Yes, that is a great movie. I caught that one just by accident while surfing. Horrible bosses is really good too. What is it? Horrible bosses. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, you got to see I, that, dude. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I seem to remember that as kind of catching my attention, and then I forgot about it. Yeah. Now I notice, too, that, like, have you seen the thing where people, uh, I mean, they're not necessarily wrong, but it's become some weird, uh, again, with the young people, young people thing, where it's like they want to, they just insist, and again, they're right, but it's like, who cares? They need to make a big thing about Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Have you seen that whole thing? Oh, you know what? Die Hard does make a great Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. There's no dispute yes. about that. Yeah. People yes. seem to like a... argue about it, where it's like, no, it's 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 set in Christmas. Like. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it's winter. I mean, the second one's all winter too. So, yeah, it's it, that's a great Christmas movie. That, that's a great series to put on Christmas. And I've noticed that people lately. I've seen a lot of love for planes, trains, and automobiles. So I may watch that uh, on Thanksgiving. Long time since I saw that. It's a Thanksgiving movie, so it's like there aren't that many good Thanksgiving movies. No, there aren't. It's kind of sad, aren't? isn't it? I think I, that one in Dutch is also good. I'm pretty sure we talked about this. Yes, Dutch is old, good. I don't know about all of America, but we've done so many of these. Yeah, Dutch. Um... Yeah, so I'll be here sitting around watching uh, watching comedy movies and uh, yeah, 
That's about it. And checking out the second season of Hellier. I think did I recommend Hellier to you? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet. What is Hellier? It's a movie from some friends of mine. It's a show from some friends of mine. They're paranormal researchers. It's hard to explain. They went looking for uh, goblins of the Kellysville variety, but it turns into a whole very John Keelian adventure. And uh, it's a reality. Yeah, it's a reality show. It's not like a dramatization. Yeah, I'd go on it. go on YouTube and Google uh, or, and search for Hellier, and you'll find their channel. The first season's free on there, so, and the second season comes out uh, on Friday, so. Cool. So Hellier with an I or a Y? It's H E L L I E R. Gotcha. Yeah, people, everyone in the paranormal community has been raving about it like for the last year, and everyone's chomping at the bit for uh, for season two, so should be good. All right, man. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for doing this, brother. Uh, you know, I hope you hope you have a great holiday and shit, and hope your 2020 is, you know, awesome. Any predictions for uh, – I feel like it's going to be another one of those wild years, man. Like, 2020 has such a ring to it. Yeah, that's my guess. It's not going to be quite like 2000, but it's in the same ballpark. We got an election coming up. God knows where that'll go. It'll be interesting to watch. If it's anywhere near as entertaining as the 2000 election, I'll love it. And I wish election 2000 could go on forever. It was the most fun I ever had. What do you mean, when it was tied? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I mean, I hated the way it turned out. But, dear God, I, I just laughed every single day. I would wake up. I mean, I, I've got my TV controller right next to my bed, basically. So when I got up, the alarm would go off. I'd reach for my controller. I'd click the TV on, and I'd leave it on CNN. And there would be, boom, immediately the latest news in, you know, the big debate. Yeah. And I would just laugh. And I would turn it back off and go back to sleep. And then wake up and do it again. <laughs> it just never stopped. It kept going. And I had more stuff to laugh about for months. I had stuff to laugh about. It was so much fun. Yeah. I, I have not had that much fun with politics since then. And dear God, the way it turned out was truly horrific. But, you know. Yeah, I was like 20 when it happened, so I didn't really uh, – or 21, I guess. Yeah, 21. So I didn't really – I don't know. I was checked out on all that. I was a senior in college, so I was <laughs> – I had more <laughs> I had more uh, prurient uh, pursuits in mind. Yeah, far more pressing issues. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, I guess we say goodbye for another year. Thank you so much for doing this, man. You're, you're, uh, you're kind of like one of the last links to the old, old way of doing business there, uh, with Benal of America. So, you know, I appreciate that you're, you've come along in this and whatever the fuck we're doing now generation and, uh, that we can keep the tradition alive going forward. Absolutely. I'm glad to fulfill the function. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and I definitely look forward to our next time. All right, man. Well, I learned a valuable lesson from all this uh, losing all these friends over the last few years. I love you, brother. I want you to know that. I really, I love you for all these years of great fucking entertainment. So, you know, and these conversations, I'll never. We, we've made memories for so many people, and it's been an amazing ride. So, and well, I can't tell you. I look forward to this episode as much as everyone else does. I have to say, it's I been awesome. It's been awesome. And next year we're doing uh, the tenth, tenth anniversary, the tenth Rucksgiving. So we'll I cannot. Yeah, we will. We got a year to we got a year to come up with something special. So if people have a special suggestion uh, for next for the next year, Rucksgiving 
10th anniversary. Uh, I've been meaning to like, well, we should talk about this, but maybe, maybe like, I think I've talked about this with you before in the past where it's like, uh, I never did that deep dive into architects. So maybe in the next year I'll read architects. I'll let you know so you can maybe read it again just so you can refresh all your memories about the book. Uh, Absolutely. And maybe we'll do that as a special episode and and not take any listener questions. That's what we did with Stan for the 10th anniversary. So maybe we'll uh, do something like that. But uh, now you mentioned before – um, I don't know if you were just sort of like uh, it was cliche or something. You said if you were on social media, you would sell a lot more books. So as I promised at the very beginning of this very long conversation, um, are these books available yet? And if not, is, uh, is there, are you still working on getting them available? Because every year we talk about it, and it's kind of incrementally moved closer. My entire problem is I don't know anyone to consult about how best to put them back out. Uh, I'm just kind of on my own, and I don't want to go, you know, the Lulu route. Um, I'm just not sure what to do. I've never been in a position where I had to self-publish. All right. Well, I know some people. I'll talk to them. But you have the rights to put the book out and shit? Oh, yeah, sure. All right. I, basically, I have to buy them back. It will cost me, all of them, I think, about $300 for both of them. Uh, but, yeah, that's not a problem. All right. Well, uh I'll send some feelers out over the weekend and shit, and see if uh, see if anyone can help me out with that. Because I know some folks that have uh, self-published, they might be able to uh, explain the process a little better. So we'll see. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you very much, Bruce. I I bid you adieu, and I will uh, wrap up the show here for the uh, BOA listeners, and I'll talk to you uh, in 2020 for Rucksgiving uh, 10th anniversary. Absolutely. Can't wait. All right, brother. Have a great holiday. You too. There you go, folks. Rucksgiving 2019 in the books. That was a great show. I had a lot of fun. That was like, uh, it's really amazing the the roads we go down, in part from the listener questions, and also in part sort of like how Bruce's answers, um, you know, lead me down these other tangents. That whole thing about the living ghost phenomena was wild. Um, that was really, really wild stuff. So hopefully, uh, I, as I said to Bruce, I'll see what I can do. I'll talk to, uh, you know, maybe somebody like Walter Bosley could help him out and help him get that, get those books republished uh, through an independent, uh, you know, one of those on-demand things. I don't know anything about it either, so... <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst possible contact that Bruce <laughs> could have. Uh, and let me think. There's nothing really to say beyond that. Um, we don't have anything scheduled for next week just yet. Uh, I have been absolutely just swamped since I got back from Dallas. I literally have clothes in the dryer. First, my clothes were like in the suitcase from Dallas for like four days and I was just picking what I what I needed out that was still clean and eventually I dumped all that in the washing machine uh like over the weekend and now those clothes have now been sitting in the dryer since like Saturday so I've have barely have had any time to do anything so suffice it to say I'm really looking forward to tomorrow afternoon and uh we'll flip this episode real fast we'll get it out to you before prime time tomorrow night, I'm sure. 
because uh, I'm going to want to sit back and relax myself. Um, and so we don't have anybody scheduled for next week. I'm working on a few things, um, but as I've said before, I kind of look at these holiday episodes as like like Faberge eggs. They're pretty precious, and I want to make sure I, I do. If I can't do the episode I want to do, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know. I'm not going to do a filler show. Let's put, let's put it that way. So we'll uh, we'll see, you know, what we can come up with. And if we can't do anything next week, we'll be back in two weeks for sure. I have an episode scheduled on the 10th, and uh, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. I know for sure that'll be an episode. So the next time you hear me, maybe next week, or failing that, Tuesday, December 10th, with uh, what should be a really a uh, wild episode. Um, I won't even bother to announce the name just yet. So on that note, uh, yeah, there's nothing really else to say. I wish you all a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And, uh, yeah, be safe out there. And I'll be talking to you uh, sooner rather than later, I hope. Uh, and on that note, this is Tim and all. Thank you for listening and signing off.